0: What's up, Mark Bell's Power Project fam? This episode is brought to you by Piedmontese Beef. Now, Andrew, you guys know that we've been working with Piedmontese for a long time. We love Mm -hmm. their beef. It's tender, it tastes great, but they have this awesome bundle called the Power Project Deluxe Bundle. Deluxe, okay. Andrew, can you please tell the people (laughs) what they can get in this bundle? Yeah, I don't see the Deluxe
1: Bundle, but I see the Deluxe Bundle. Yes, the Power Project Deluxe Bundle. Uh, Really, this is where I tell people like, hey, if you don't know exactly which cuts that you like, this is where you're going to want to start because you're going to get a full array of the like entire spectrum of amazing cuts from Piedmontese beef real quick and see, but let me, let me know what you think about this four flat iron steaks four flank steaks, Hmm. one tomahawk ribeye steak. That's King right there. Uh, 20 space, six ounce ground beef patties, not 26, 20. All right. Four, eight ounce grass fed grass finished New York strips. Those are incredible. Hmm and two grass-fed, grass-finished Bavette steaks, the, quote, diet steak, because they're like yay big, uh, like 100 grams of protein. They're insane. Seriously, though, if if you're not sure where to start, this is definitely where you want to go. Um, and in order to get this, you have to go to piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. At checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT for 25% off your order. And if your order is $99 or more, you get free two-day shipping. Quick caveat, that code will not work on this bundle because you're already saving a ton of money with this bundle. However, once you get this and you figure out exactly what you like, then you can go make your own little bundle yourself and then use that promo code and still get 25% off. Head over there right now.
2: What up, Power Project crew? This is Josh Selig, aka Settlegate, here to introduce you to arguably our most interesting guest ever, Tom File. Tom File is one of the most interesting OG members of Super Training Gym and is a longtime friend of Mark and Chris Bell. Tom is a powerlifter and bodybuilder, an IPL Masters World Champion, and a 242-pound national and world record holder in powerlifting. Tom File first met the Bell Brothers in Venice, California while working at Gold's Gym. During his time at Gold's Gym, Tom rubbed elbows with some of the best bodybuilders in the entire world, movie stars, and celebrity trainers. Tom has a wealth of experience in the gym, on the platform, and on the bodybuilding stage, and is one of the few lifting legends whose neck is thicker than his own head. Tom File was also involved in one of the biggest multi-million dollar heists in San Francisco history, but that's a different story for another day. Please enjoy the most interesting conversation you've ever heard with our good friend and guest, Tom File. Yeah, keep the butt oh, plug. That's in Seema's room? I don't know why made It's that. in Seema's butt plug.
3: Oh, that's disgusting. No, it's not. I don't usually
0: use other people's butt plugs. You should. <laughs> it's already lubricated. Already You're ready, ready to you go. You well,
4: it, it, it uh, doubles as a pacifier as well. <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> no. It's
0: best yeah. to use it as a pacifier first. I just and heard then that, unfortunately. A <laughs> butt plug. This uh,
5: pad is almost right? all filled up. Hey, guys, a technical question. With these mics, if, if he's speaking... Will it not let me speak at the same time? I'm nope. You, you guys can speak, speak, can speak over, speak over simultaneously. each other, which is <laughs> not great. <but>. This is <laughs> called a podcast.
6: <laughs> the best thing <laughs> to do <laughs> is, <you> know, <laughs> is to else, talk when everybody else you is talking. You fuck off too.
1: Get <laughs> <yes> a no. <laughs>
5: <laughs> 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 yes, unfortunately, we but can but. talk over each other, so that's.
4: Thank you. In the TV yeah, business, thanks. as Chris may know, if
5: he's talking. I can't just cut in. Correct. Then it'd be jibber
4: jabber. You've been in uh, show business before. This is, uh, I think, the this next. Ain't show business. I was <laughs> going to say the next three hours <laughs> is going to be the biggest waste of time. I would have on hair
5: and makeup. Three hours? <laughs> I don't. Two Jesus. hours? Okay. we Can, 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 can we,
4: we find three, three hours? hours your, oh, yeah. We can, can find Mike's three on. hours.
5: What's
0: that? Um, I don't think this mic is on. Oh, that, that mic is on. definitely on. You wrote the on. script, right? Speak louder. Got it. You got the script? Yeah, it's all about We're pretty sure Chris is uh, sleep-deprived. I love the heavy breathing that's going on on the mics right now. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) off! I was going to say, can you tone down my audio? Um, Hey, last week, L.A.
5: Tahoe, I'm in the elevator. Some lady, she had to be 86 years old. She goes, how you doing, son? I said, pretty good. She goes, altitude bothering you, too? I said, I'm sorry, ma'am. She goes, I hear you breathing. God damn it. She She was close to 90, and she could hear me breathing. I was standing in an elevator doing nothing, evidently gasping for air. I, I appreciate Thank you for your your uh,
4: concern. I'll be okay. Is uh the McDonald's what? a special thing for today, or do you normally eat like this? Like, what's going on? They're above?
5: everywhere. I see. They're. You see, they're all down here at the corner. All <laughs> there. All yeah. Over the place. So another special. <laughs> I was running on time, so I had to stop at McDonald's.
4: <laughs> is it special nutrition for you? I mean, is this a special occasion? Being on the podcast, well, celebrating perhaps. It is tasty, but
5: uh, to be honest, that um at fifty nine years old, my AM hypothalamus function. It's about what his overall function is right now is zero. It's not very good. What? He seems kind of sleepy. I'm just saying. He seems sleepy. My hypothalamus is, which causes hunger or not. Um, I'm not hungry in the morning. So this, I can eat and get some calories in and hopefully maintain some muscle mass. It's motivating. I love that. that, Yes. That's what he does because he's not hungry. He gets three sausage McMuffins because he's not hungry. That's correct. I was not hungry. <laughs> and I knew, it, but if I, I'd, I'd come here, we'd talk for a couple of hours. I still wouldn't eat. It'd be 11 o'clock. And I'd have zero calories.
4: How mm. many calories are in three sausage McMuffins? I think in CMIPRI? 1440. Because, <laughs> oh, there you go. Wait, really? <laughs> I bl- uh, think well, that sounds about right. Because there's a lot of fat in each I, one. I think Ooh. 475 Ooh.
5: each. Wow. Times three. Math guys over mm-hmm. there. He said "Is it sausage McMuffin? Okay. Sausage egg McMuffin. Sausage egg McMuffin."
3: So everything with you is geared towards your performance, not necessarily taste
5: or um, no, no taste.
3: Not like, like physique.
5: Well, unfortunately, I still want to be. I still want to look like a guy who lifts weights or a bodybuilder. Bodybuilders, their look is very cool. Other things about bodybuilding. Are unusual, but bodybuilding is still very, very cool, in my opinion. So, um, this is this is the exception. I don't. This is the first cheat meal of the day. And hopefully it'll be hopefully it'll be the last cheat meal of the day, but it probably <laughs> won't be so. Fuck off! How
4: many cheat meals, yeah, per week? How many? Like, what is this week? diet? Yeah, what is this diet? Forty? What do you mean? No. In Seema, you're probably aware of this, and you, mm, you yeah. probably remember. But even though it was before your time, I'm sure you did your research. Do you remember the Don Ross neck competition? Mm.
0: <laughs> no, but apparently all of you do. So
4: Inform that's why you please. really don't know. About I don't you. know. You have a pretty big neck. I figured you'd be in the know. Don the Ripper. all of you guys apparently know. What it is? So, what is it? What is this Don Ross uh, neck competition
5: in 1993? Don Ross was the editor of Muscular Development Magazine, <laughs> and Don proposed and put into place the Don Ross World's Most Muscular Neck Competition. And back then, before the internet, of course, <laughs> of course he only advertised did. it in the magazine. So, circulation was I don't know 100,000 people back then, and the magazine came out like a month before the month the month listed on the calendar on the ca- on the magazine. So uh, I think we only had about 10 entrants. And you had, you had, oh, that's, uh, that's weird. The only way to enter the contest was <laughs> to take a picture of your neck and mail it in to Don Ross. <laughs> okay. Other than me. That's a fetish. Yeah. I, <laughs> I actually hung out with Don almost every day. So Don said, hey, before we get the winners in, before we get the pictures in, let's do an article on your neck training routine. I said, great. So we met at Gold's Gym one day, and I, he shot like 72 pictures of my neck training team <laughs> and some of them, some of them were kick ass but I didn't win Don didn't give it to me, no I didn't win I didn't Is he win. still alive? If he was I'd kill him if I was going to say dead, we got to
0: call him out Don, Don is gone now fortunately. Mm. But um, Wait, So I, nothing was published, he just has all those pictures of your neck
5: No, 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 no. They, they, they made the magazine they made, okay. It was kind, kind of wall.
0: published because, <laughs> because it was on the wall of gold, right? No, oh, that, that was one of them. That was that was
5: probably the highlight of my bodybuilding career, nice. and maybe even my entire <laughs> existence, um, <laughs> as being on that wall for all those years, and people taking pictures of that picture, which is always kind of strange. Yeah, I said, "Turn around, I'm right over here. You can take a picture of me. I'm right here."
3: You know, it's awesome. And they wanted the
5: picture, but they wouldn't take a picture of me. They wanted the picture.
3: It, it's great. It's a great honor to have your picture on the wall at Golds, and that was always a it's, goal of it mine. Was the
5: coolest. Was
3: to get some sort of picture up
5: there. And so when I made
3: bigger, stronger, faster, I was so excited to finally get the poster on the wall, and I have my autograph on it, and they were like, sorry, we can't put your poster on the wall because your movie's about steroids. Shut up. <laughs> no, they
5: did not. This no, whole not. building's about steroids. <laughs> the whole building's based on anabolic steroids. Good Lord, the parking lot, the fence, the tree, the bush. <laughs> the, house,
3: the house the juice built wouldn't put it up. Oh, man, that's a bummer. Yeah. Sorry so, about that. Now that they have new owners, maybe I should try again. Give it a
5: try. Give it a go. Maybe. Yeah. Be, you know, time goes it's by. been people. a long people time. People forget. I was so excited, but then they just told me no. Remember, Brian Reagan pulled that gun on the guy on the front desk. and threw him out for six months. He's back in. So, you know, time time heals everything.
3: Tom, That was Mike Ryan's (laughs) first day also on the job.
5: Oh, no. That was his first day? Yeah, first day on the job. Gun play at the front desk during my first day. Okay. Yes, sir. Question from the far end.
0: You mentioned the unusual side of bodybuilding, and that had me. That, like, perked my ears up. Mm. So what do you mean about the unusual side?
5: Wow, it's... um. First of all, bodybuilding is okay not bodybuilding is not a sport, Mark Bell. It's an art. It's the art of bodybuilding. Okay. Um, you don't have to be an athlete to be a bodybuilder. You have to be an artist to be a winning bodybuilder. And um, if any artist you guys know, he's an artist with TV and film and movies. Um, artists do a lot of weird things. There's, there's no, <laughs> there's no science behind what he does. There's a little bit of science, but there's not very much. So all the weird stuff. Um,
4: it accompanies it.
5: Sure, it, it's just in, it's not only in the peripheral; it's it's right there in the mix. I mean, if you want to be a competitive bodybuilder, you need to be prepared for the weird because mm-hmm. it's out there.
4: Getting the weird stuff. I mean, like you're you get so obsessed with the the human body, right? That uh, people end up half naked or all the way naked, and people get fetishes around it and the whole thing, right? I mean,
5: for years it goes in that people would walk up to you. I'd say, Tom or Chris, check this out. They pull their pants off and drop their pants in the parking lot or at McDonald's or in the gym. They'd be standing in their little boxer briefs or, or sometimes nothing. Like, dude, what are you doing? And they want to show you their thigh cuts. Take my yeah, VMO. VMO. <laughs> the back mirror, of course, they call you back there, but it'd frequently be anywhere at all. Even in the, in the parking lot or at a bar. Like, dude, what are you doing? For you know, me? Uh,
4: posing room means it's getting
5: serious. <laughs> well, if you went to the posing room, you expected guys to get naked, so that was no problem there at all. Hopefully they had on some briefs or something underneath, but sometimes they didn't you like, dude, what are you doing? But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. But after time.
4: We yeah, have that kind of culture here, I think. Yeah, we have
5: Tom.
3: <laughs> Tom does that. The I other don't... Tom. He pulls his pants down and starts flexing his quads. He is exactly this,
5: correct. And this, sure. when, you, when you see it, when you see someone's jeans down by their ankles, you think, hey, what's going on? Is this, this, it's you this weird. truck to stop? My... How, is it really weird? I don't know, but it's just kind of weird. Like same the same thing in a truck stop bathroom. <laughs> You're going like, wait a minute, that's got a different meaning. But it is the exact same thing. you just no truckers. There ain't no truck stop. So that's bodybuilding, sort of. I remember, it's an what, art. It's not a sport. What's uh, one of the yes. weirdest oh. experiences you've had at Gold's
3: Gym? Like, what's Because uh, you, you've been through it all, and you've kind of seen it all working there. I mean, you've seen some crazy things happen, right?
5: Well, there's, there's so many excellent things. That, some things we probably shouldn't talk about, but um, no, no, I was talking it. to Brother Bell earlier today. And pardon me for reaching across, and um, my buddy Danny McCaugen worked working the front desk one of his first days working, and it goes to Venice, You'd walk in, and the member would give the give their membership number. To the
4: kid at the desk, he type it in, and in you go one seven zero eight five. Correct, that that was my got. number. I know, I stole it. <laughs> so this because <is, laughs> you were a fugitive. You <laughs> had no money. <laughs> I had no money.
5: That's right. Who, who's, wait, you stole what?
4: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, Whose used, number was that? My number. I'd use his number. Wait,
5: what number did you use? My number, but I, I love it. It love was
3: Keanu, and he didn't care. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he didn't care. That would
5: work.
4: No one had a membership there, I don't think. That's
5: beautiful. I love that. It works perfectly. <laughs> anyway, this guy walks in. He goes through. I didn't really notice anything. And my buddy Denny goes, "Hey, Tommy, come here quick!" And I walk over to the, to the check-in area. I go, What's up? He goes. He points it over to water fountain, and he says, "Hey, see that bum over there by the water fountain? That bum just stole Keanu Reeves' membership." <laughs> and I, I had to process <laughs> with the guy. But he said, "Wait, what?" That bum stole Keanu Reeves' membership? What are you talking about? And he explained that guy walked in, the bum, and gave this number. And on the monitor on the screen, it was clearly Keanu Reeves. So I look over there at the water fountain, and I went, you idiot, that is Keanu Reeves. And it was actually Keanu Reeves, and he wasn't a bum. He was totally cool. But at Gold's Gym Venice, again, everyone showed up once. Everyone eventually makes it to Gold's Gym Venice. And Keanu, back in the mid-'90s, had kind of a grunge, disheveled appearance. He was totally cool, a real gentleman, and a really cool cat. But uh, my buddy thought he was um, had somebody had stolen Keanu's membership, which did not
4: happen. Gold's gym had everybody. Like uh, had all the top bodybuilders. It had people like Magic Johnson coming through there. Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant, James Kahn, Like tons of actors, actresses. It was stunning. Um, Mark,
5: Mark, your brother. Your boss was cool enough last week to call my girlfriend and leave her birthday greetings on her cell phone, on her voicemail. And um, her name is Cindy. And uh, Cindy goes, that's not Mark Bell. And I said, it's Mark Bell's voice. She goes, I've heard Mark Bell's voice, and that's not his voice. I said, look, that was Mark Bell who called. That got me thinking who did I know at the time, like right now, who do I know, what celebrity can I call? Tom's ask. really gone downhill and over here. I'm like celebrity List. No. And right. at one time, it would have been either James Caan or Gina Davis or Keanu Reeves or even Arnold. I could have called them and said, hey, Arnold, can you call my girlfriend and give her birthday greetings? And now it's smelly. <laughs> not, don't say it that way. Now it, <laughs> now it is smelly. <laughs> Anybody came through for me like a champion. And again, my girl goes, that's not him. I said, yes, it's definitely him. So, um... She either was stunned that I knew you, or she was stunned that I knew you. Which, way, when it, either way, you want to take that. So uh, it was pretty cool, Bill. So thank you, sir. No problem. Yeah. Did it work for you? <laughs> I was at the time I was in the doghouse, and it did work a little bit. It, it didn't hurt. So um, again, it was appreciated. So and most guys wouldn't take that time, but brother Bell did it. So. But uh, uh, I got to ask for that favor once in a while. Have he's him right there, yeah. And have him start calling chicks
3: for me. Well, you can probably <laughs> call, um,
5: you can call that, that congressman that looked bad on the. Who's Waxman? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You That's call that guy. Boy. I to take the phone call for you.
3: You've been into powerlifting forever. What um, got you sparked into powerlifting? And, you know, you continued on that path. You were obviously like really into bodybuilding also, but you seem to lean now more towards powerlifting. What got you on the powerlifting path? And, Why'd you start in the beginning? You're, also, we should say that you have like a world record, right?
5: Well, right now, Some unfortunately, sort of... I do not have any of the four world records. Of course, in powerlifting, there's four possible world records. Squat, bench press, or mm-hmm. total. I got to leave now? Is it? I'm out. <laughs> no, on the, of the four world records, I've held um, I've held three of the four in my weight class and age group, but um, right now I hold none of them. Mm. They've all been broken. Complete failure. The squat, I can get back. It's closed. What but, was that record? I had it at six oh six. A guy broke it with six eleven. Ooh. So um I didn't at What age? Fifty eight you did that? I did it at fifty seven. We were in the fifty five to fifty nine age group at the U at the IPL Masters World Championships.
3: That's no joke.
5: It was um I was thrilled with six oh six. He was a little stronger next year. Um Edward Zimmerman is the guy who broke my record. I think he still holds it. Uh, <clears throat> the bench press is way out of my league. It's in the low fours. So that's whoever has that. I I think it's a guy from Iceland that's set. And I had the deadlift at 644. But last year, a lifter whose name I cannot remember, unfortunately, he pulled 699. Mm. 699? Yeah, 699. (laughs) So he knocked that way up there. And um, I can't get that back either, unfortunately. But the total is 1605, and that I, I can get again, I think. So the squat and the total war records I hope to reclaim this year if things go well.
4: Did you have a time period where you stopped powerlifting?
5: Absolutely, probably. Well, a couple of them, but um, I suppose in the late '80s I raced bicycles for a while, so, which is um, oh, wow. a long way from powerlifting. A lot of bodybuilders get into bicycle racing, strangely enough. So um, there is kind of a little a correlation between the two sports, strangely enough. Once again, but um,
4: like cycling long distances or
5: um, bicycle racing. Um, Criteriums, road races. Um, you know, well, it's um, great
4: cardio, phenomenal right, so. cardio. But you know. like on a track or like, well, you know.
5: I've raced a velodrome as well. It's funny you mentioned that. The the banked short track, because that makes velodrome. a little bit
4: more sense to me for for, for a power oh, athlete. Yeah, keen observation there. Most track
5: racers are a lot beefier because in, in a track course there's no hills, and the longest events are very short compared to road events. So all this all that muscle doesn't hurt at all on the track. So um, I raced the track successfully for a couple of years. A lot of fun. Things happen real fast. But um, during those years, I was still lifting weights, but I certainly wasn't competing in the sport of powerlifting. Uh, my, my first competition was back summer 1980. And the last thing was August last year. So, Do you um, think it would be possible
4: hmm. to maintain any of the strength from your youth? Or like if you were to lift straight through, is its it? Is it- I mean, I don't know. Do you think it would even be possible for yourself? Because you did squat over 800 pounds. I think you deadlifted over 800 pounds. And I think you benched around 600 pounds, something like that. I appreciate the, um, the numbers. Uh, <laughs> those are very strong numbers. They weren't quite that good. But um, I, I,
5: once you hit those numbers up up here, once you've, once you've bench pressed 500 pounds, you always tell yourself you can do it. Mm. Um, can I still bench, bench press 500? Of course not. But I, I like to think if I wasn't injured or didn't have surgeries, so I could do it. And um, you're always motivated, or you know you've done it, and hell, if you have to, you can do it again. So did the strength... Did I maintain the strength over all those years? I think in a way I did. Um, once I got back on the gas at Gold's Gym and <laughs> sort of lifted weights, I mean, I, I was repping 405 really, really quick. I think one of the few things Michael Hearn ever acknowledged is something like, all right, he can move a little weight around because he was never complimentary to anybody no. other than himself. Um, and he's very, very strong. And he's good looking too. But um, I think I repped like 40, maybe 405 or 6 He's been very complimentary lately though. He's, is he, is he mellowed in his old age? Yes. What? Well, wait. wait. Tell think, me more. Uh, How
3: old is her now? 53, 54? 53. I think he's just so, like, at a point where he's finally just, like, realizes, you know, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, I okay, don't need up. to. Well, no, in a good way, you know, like. Um, he's maybe finally over it. I don't think he's over it. Here. I don't think he's <laughs> even close bit. to getting over a it. A little bit. But
5: um, once again, we can't, I mean, we we'll find some fault, but then there's so much good. I mean, his physique. It's crazy. He, he could be a competitive IFBB pro right now. Yeah. Um, I don't think he could be a competitive high-level power right now. He could do okay. But the combination of his physique, his strength in the powerlifting events, and he's, he's strong in everything in the gym. You know, seated side laterals, behind the neck presses. There's nothing he's weak at. Not a single cable, you know, upright cable roads with the stack. Like, what do you, what, dude, how
4: do you do that? Is he the strongest person you've ever seen? Being at Gold's Gym that long, I mean, you saw the Barbarian Brothers. You saw Jeep Swenson used to go and curl 225 for reps as part of his workout. You know, know. as strong as Mike is, Mike was and still is, um, no, no. the question you ask
5: is, that's a heavy question right there. A lot of big, strong cats came through there. So um, I don't know who gets the title of the strongest. But Mike still still might
4: be strongest overall. If you
5: had to
3: do a decathlon, and Mike and I have talked about this, he said that he would challenge anybody in the world to like a 10-lift, thing you know so like uh, yeah and, and then like hey you get to pick five i get to pick five so it could be like bench squat deadlift but also you might have a military press or a you know a dumbbell curl you know strict
4: or something tom file is willing to put three uh sausage <laughs> egg, egg mcmuffins muffins. on the line for the winner of that so I contest
3: know, i know mike <laughs> has said that he would he basically wouldn't be afraid to go up against anyone i don't know if he didn't necessarily say he, he would win but he said he would challenge anybody and, be cool with that because he thinks over 10 exercises, like he can kind of beat anybody. He could beat most people.
0: Most I'd people. like to see a Larry Reels, Michael Hearn thing. Oh, that would be the competitor right there. Yeah. yeah. Great choice. <laughs> because he's strong at everything, too. <laughs> and
5: his day, we found his name instantly. You came up with his reference real quick. There's a lot of other guys that move a lot of weight around that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. They're big and strong. Now, maybe a weight class restriction, or if somebody's too much heavier than Mike and Larry, or, they got a little a slight penalty of some sort. If you, if you look at like
3: Ed in his prime, Ed was doing stuff that a lot of people don't know, like Ed Cohen. Yeah, 400, 405, you know, behind the neck press and stuff like that. Ooh, so. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some, bench five eighty five wrong. There's some crazy videos with Ed Cohen where you're like, he might be kind of the strongest thing to ever hit the planet. You know.
5: But I, I never talked. And then do... Ed
3: says Adrenocyticus. So if you talk to Ed, yeah. he'll say the, the boy, pure oh, strongest he's ever seen well, there, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. is Adrenos. I um, never saw Zydrudis. Z- yeah, Z-
4: yeah. Boy, big what? Z- is that 405? Uh, Z- yeah. What Z- or 385 know. or so. Zydrudis uh won the Arnold uh, Strongman competition eight years in a row and just completely annihilated everybody. Legendary. Stuff, they just legendary. smashed legendary. everybody.
5: Look, now he looks like Zydrudis' younger brother. He looks yeah. great. He's down kind in shape. 265, 270. He's still a big, big man, but it's he great. He's like an off-season bodybuilder. So he's a lot healthier and good for him for doing that.
4: Do you have an end in sight with your powerlifting? Like, do you, are you like, Hey, let me get these numbers and then I'll just chill and maybe move on to some, because power <clears throat> and good. taking anabolics and stuff is not the healthiest thing when you're at your age, right? It's incredibly unhealthy. And you ask a really
5: good question. I and mean, the gang, we sit down sometimes to talk about it and, um, you know, you've got to have an exit strategy, um, from, from the sport of powerlifting. And, um, to be honest, I, I, um, i don't have an exit strategy it's just to um you love it i i, I if i don't do this i don't know what else i'm going to do i mean I'll, I'll find something to take take up the time but i'm i just like doing this stuff and um, being if somebody calls me a power lifter what does that mean in the real world it doesn't mean a whole lot but to me it's still pretty cool so um i don't have a exit strategy to any good i had one where i just you know, step on the gas as hard as i can and ride the train to the Without the tr-
4: powerlifting, you'd be in prison.
5: <laughs> Again, no, I don't, but no, no, no. That, that's not important right now.
3: Um, I
5: mean, they have powerlifting there. Remember we saw that do. documentary? Yeah, they you get in we, prison. Watched, we watched a whole documentary about it. They had cool. powerlifting meets in prison. They're well organized, and um, they have a lot of motivation. They're good for the boys. How many have you won? I've won six of those, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had, I've had success. But um, I was an experienced powerlifter, so um, I had an advantage of some of the guys. They were just um, brut- brutally strong and good athletes, but I had been a former competitive power, to under the rules, and I um, had a huge advantage of some of those guys. So, um, I mean, they were good competitors, but um, I, I, I knew how to squat, and I knew how to deadlift, and they didn't. So uh, even as strong as all of those guys were, I could usually get the best of them in competition. Mm. But exit strategy, back to that one more time. Hopefully I, I, something comes to mind. But right now it's just... You know, throw some more wood on the fire and make the freight train go a little bit faster and take it into the tracks and see what happens. <laughs> but um, that usually ends badly. Like Is it in, the
0: competition aspect for you? Like, do you need to compete in it? You can't just be you can't just like want to stay kind of strong, but you have to compete.
5: Thank you. You nailed it. I, I have to compete. Like right now, I'm really jonesing to, to get my training in high gear and get back on the platform and, and put some numbers together because you're not a bodybuilder. You are not a bodybuilder until you get on stage and do those quarter turns wearing your little speedo. And you're not a powerlifter until you get out there on a platform and squat, bench, press, and deadlift in total. And that's what I do. And guys always say, guys who know, hey, what do you total? Not what do you squat, what do you bench, what do you deadlift, but what do you total? And when did you do it? Oh, back in 1997? Tell that story walking. Oh, last week or last month. Oh, that's kick ass. He just did that. He's not just talking about it. He just did it.
4: Didn't Ric Flair walk up to you and give you some numbers? <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, Ric Flair, he punched me one time, but he wouldn't give me any numbers. Um, Ric Flair and I got in a fight back in 1981 <laughs> at, a, at a waffle. Um, it was, I think it was a waffle house in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We got in a real fist fight. Oh, shit. But uh, he was just yelling at We yelled at him first. And, um, then he, <laughs> he, what did you yell at him?
4: It well, was you and your buddies, right?
5: It was me and seven friends. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Summer, 1981, or 1980, boy, a long time ago. He got a mullet. Uh, I did not have a mullet, but I had a, I had a good head of hair. But I know for sure that night that Rick fought the chief Wahoo McDaniels for the strap in the Winston-Salem Coliseum. And after about like midnight, we're over the Waffle House, and a limo pulls up, and Rick Flair gets out. And back then, he was a heel. He was always a bad guy, never a good guy. And me and all my friends started yelling at him and booing him and Making some hand gestures that weren't very nice. And I remember a girl got out of the back of the limo. She was with Rick. And one of my friends, it was not me, said something to the girl, not complimentary. And guys, I'm here to tell you. That was like, remember, Rick Flair was like 28 years old, 6'4". <laughs> 280, whatever, and a big strong man. And I'm like a high school senior or something. And Rick Flair crossed that parking lot so fast. And all my friends took off running. But I didn't see him. I happened to be a step closer to Rick than everybody else. So when they took off running, I didn't see it. And I remember I heard Steve Peterson yell, run, Tom, run. I heard his voice, run, Tom, run. And I turned and everyone was gone. But Rick was like, from me to you, Mark, he was right there on me and he reached out to grab me and all I wanted to do was disengage, I wasn't trying to fight Ric Flair, I just wanted to get away and run. So I did the little twist-a-roo and the little back spin and he grabbed me on the shirt and I heard this big punch go whoosh over the top of my head, it just, it just brushed the top of my head. And then I, I did a little spin and dropped down and I broke free of his grip and took off. And I ran the 40-yard dash in about three seconds. <laughs> where, and we, when I turned around, me and all my friends, we were all huffing and puffing. I was scared. I was scared shitless. I turned around, and Ric Flair and his limo driver and the girl were laughing so hard because, because one man chased off eight of us, or seven, I remember they were. So um, it was it wasn't much of a fight, really. And then years later, of course, Ric Flair became a Gold's Gym um, owner. He yeah. owned several Gold's mm-hmm. Gyms. Absolutely. So we would see Rick every year at the Gold's Gym conventions in Las Vegas. And he was there one year, and I told him that story. I said, Rick, do you remember when you got in a fight with me Mm -hmm. at the Waffle House? And he goes, Tom, what the hell are you talking about? So I told him the story like that. And Rick's listening. He's nodding his head, and he's smiling. He's laughing. He goes, Tom, I'd love to tell you I remember that fight. But remember, back then, I was a bad guy. And no matter where I went, I was always getting in fights. (laughs) I couldn't go to Piggly Wiggly without getting in a fist fight with somebody's mom. So he goes, Tom. I don't believe. I don't. I don't remember the story, but I completely believe you. I'm not going to call you a liar. that I hurt you? I said, No, Rick. You just you threw a punch and I ducked out of it and I took off. And that was pretty much it. He goes, Good. I'm glad you're okay. Are we friends now? And I gave him a big hug and I said, Yeah, we're friends. You're Rick Flair.
3: That's awesome. Those wrestlers were uh, not to be messed with back then. I remember um, we used to go to the Mid Hudson Civic Center every month and they used to tape wrestling and they would tape like all four episodes for the whole month. So you'd get to see like four hours straight of wrestling. Oh, that's cool. And we went there one time. We'd, we'd always have, like, my dad would bring us and our friends and, you know, Smelly be with us. We'd drag him along. He was a younger brother. But I remember one day, uh, Frank Mock, who was one of my brother's crazy friends, he's eating his own poop. He's also done deadlifts <laughs> naked on Christmas Day outside of uh, Mid-Hudson Bodybuilding. I've building. done that.
5: The first part? No, just it's one anywhere, of these yes. crazy
3: guys got in, a, like, such an argument with one of the Moon Dogs that the Moon Dog just straight up whacked him with that bone. Remember the Moon Dogs? They had the crazy hair. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I'm thinking the hacksaw, Jim Dugan, right now with a two by four <laughs> instead of a bone. Do you but uh, I mm-hmm. Frank Mock
3: got smashed with a uh, yeah. with a bone. Um, also, my Good. friend, I hope he des- like he deserved it. My friend Riley, his grandfather started yelling at Baron von Raschke. Remember him? The I, claw. And he ran, into the, claw. he ran into the ring, and Baron Von Rasky hit my friend's grandfather with a chair, and it was legit, for real. Oh, there's the Moondogs. That's even better! <laughs> oh, wow, you know what? <laughs> they, they look, look like powerlifters. Boy, they look, they're good-looking <laughs> fellas. Moondog um, Rex and Moondog Spot. Yeah, that's them.
5: You know what? They look—they they look, they, kind of look like Jim Dugan too, don't they? they it's, uh, with the Sullivan
4: look... brothers are aspiring to be. Right I'm
5: not sure what we have right there. He's that's... got
4: like the same hair as
3: Duffin there on the left. Yeah, that's like—it's kind, of kind of a
5: good—it's kind of a cool man. look right there. I like that look. The guy yeah. on the right seems discontent. Look, what's he mad about? He seems discontent.
3: And what the hell? That's a great picture. The dogs, yeah. Well, so he smashed him with that bone right on the head. And, like, they didn't even care. Back then, it was like, I mean, this is no w- lawsuit. No, the cops didn't show up. It's WWE. I mean, nobody cared. We were laughing on it. A- it on the way home.
5: Oh, now it'd be on TV and it'd be a lawsuit. And it, oh, it'd be huge, yeah. And if you hit a, if anybody other than a person of the exact same, like a white guy, there'd be a racial thing to it. It'd be horrible. It'd be terrible right now. But then, I th- that's just good fun. Yeah. And if you go in the ring, if you go in the ring during a professional wrestling match like going into the you ice game, whatever happens, you kind of invited it.
4: Tom, has anything, so, has, like you've, you've seen so much when it comes to bodybuilding and powerlifting, You've been doing it yourself for a long time, you've been around a lot of other great lifters. Has anything changed in the fitness industry that is like monumental or revolutionary? Or have you seen anything like new like newer different? Is there some machine that changed everything? Is there, you know, supplements changed everything or some diet protocol or has it been fairly similar to the information you learned, you know, when you in the 80s?
5: Chris, you can almost answer this question as as completely as I can now.
4: Hip thrusts, it changes everything.
5: You're, you're, I swear to God. <laughs> that's the only thing I know that's changed. Building some glutes. <laughs> I wasn't going to say hip thrusts, I was going to say hip circle, that's what I was going to say. There you go. But, um, brother, fellas, no, nothing, there wasn't a day we looked up and things that, that changed the whole game. No, no. Basics, right? Just the basics. I mean, right now, during this current Unusual situation we're in, the whole world is, I guess. Um, you know, the popularity of the Peloton bicycle and training at home and having an online coach. Online coaching's mm. pretty big. Of course, before there was an online to be online, we didn't know what that was. But a lot of guys had coaches. Even in the early 80s, yeah. winning bodybuilders had prep guys. I go, like, dude, you just won the Nationals. Who's going to prep you? And he goes, well, I don't know it all. Oh, cool. And then usually their prep guy would be a guy who hadn't competed in years, but he he, he, he knew – Everything's back then, and the new stuff. So the guys are good. But to your question, there's not a, there wasn't an epiphany. nothing. I, think, nothing, nothing I but- do
3: think that is a good point, though. Training at home has taught a lot of people how to do more at home and how to how to sort of make do with less and not necessarily need a gym. So I do think that that's probably one of the most recent changes. Yeah, i has been really, huge. I've thought
4: about this quite a bit, but I do think there is one giant change in the industry. And I think it's social media. Yeah. Because of social media, you now see, you know, we were talking earlier about Jesse Norris. So some kid who weighs 160 pounds thinking he's never going to lift anything. sees Jesse Norris at 198 deadlift, 826 pounds. And he's like, Ah, maybe I could. You know, I'm I'm skinny like that guy, or you and know, he's, creates, he's jacked. But it creates Keller Woolum or one of those guys. You know? Yeah, one of those monsters. Yeah. So I do think the internet and, and seeing, you know, but inside the gym and the protocol inside the gym, the five sets of five, like five sets of five, still works. Three sets of three it still sure works. Does. Three sets of ten still works. Bodybuilding methods still work. They all they all came from a long time ago, and there hasn't really been, unless I'm missing something. Hasn't been any sort of like new protocol that has really changed anything, in my opinion.
5: Internet, big influence, absolutely right. And of course, the, the fun part of social media. If you did, if the, if your workout wasn't captured
6: mm-hmm.
5: and then disseminated on the internet, it never happened. Never so you can't claim you train lakes today unless you show me that video. If I see the video, I got to acknowledge you did something. Um, lately we've been training at an Olympic Iron, in, I won't say the name of the town. It's very close by, or East Bay, great gym. And when you walk into the you walk in now on the hush hush, through the back alley, up the back staircase, and you hear the iron clanking. In that gym, they have hundreds of the thick lipped forty fives, mm. and you hear them clanking. And that sound sounds identical to the way it sounded in nineteen eighty one or nineteen seventy nine. It never changed. That 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 reverberating sound of plates clanking on a bar that stays exact. in the smell of the gym, a little icy hot. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little testosterone or the ester they mix. It's some of these smell. What is that smell in the air? Maybe it's, maybe it's DMSO. DMSO. That's, that's the, the worst. A little balls. A, a little Pro Tan or <laughs> with the current tanny product of choice. Stuff. But gyms all smell the same and the sounds are very similar. And they're and they're a very cool sound. We like that sound. Even your gym out here, which is kind of new, you need years to have that sound and that smell work. But your gym's starting to get that smell, which you may want to check into that. <laughs> you may want to Yeah. But um. I guess, yeah, you're right. The internet changed a lot of things, some for the good, some for the bad. I think more for good than bad. And it's fun to get on there and just watch guys, watch big, strong Jack dudes and girls that are nobody in the in the, in the the tight world of powerlifting, but you know that that's a big, strong cat right there. Um, Olympic lifting is a great it's, Um it's The progress
4: of females is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Mm.
5: Yep. Huge. And, and I give CrossFit a lot of the credit for that. It, it, yeah. It popularized the strength sports for, for the girls. And now, well, they had a power meet last week. At Old School Iron down at Vacaville, Darren Monahan was a meat sponsor. Good to have the meat back after the um, shutdown for a while. And over half the competitors were girls, mm-hmm. and they were moving a lot of weight. Big, strong girls, training hard, and it was fu- it's always fun to see. And they make great- and they they are as enthusiastic as any of us ever were when we first got to sport. So um, it's good to see that kind of stuff happening.
3: Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you're right about the women. I think they're proportionally. Like, sometimes even stronger. Like, I see women doing squats with 315 mm-hmm. that are tiny, and I'm just going,
4: like, oh, my God, it looks so easy. Well, it's, it's not strong for a girl anymore. You know, I think people you to say, that's pretty strong. Yeah, no, that's just a straight up, a girl. up strong, yeah. But the weights that they're moving are stronger than a lot of guys. A lot of guys. Two Saturdays ago. Unbelievable. Olympic iron. I went 355, five times
5: five, second week of a prep. And the girl beside me went 335. Two times five. It was a girl. And I, I, she got my attention very quickly. And I, I did not say strong weight for a girl. Like, I mean, she was almost matching my weight. And the same girl last week went heavier than all of us on the leg press. We were doing some strip sets and drop sets on the, on the Cybex leg press. We went to seven plates. Pull a plate, 10 more reps. Pull a plate, 10 more reps. You know the deal. She started her strip set at seven sets. Or, yeah, we started at six. She started at seven. So she's a very strong athlete. And she happens to be a girl. You crazy. ever train with a girl stronger than you? That's a, kind Ooh. of embarrassing. Um, well, I've trained with a lot of really strong girls. <laughs> Remember, I've always been about 245 pounds. Yeah. Most of my life, I've been using supplements enthusiastically. So, um, are the girls stronger than me? Of course, there are.
3: But yeah, I've I- trained with Becca Swanson. That was embarrassing. Now, I, wouldn't best stress, right? <laughs> I would not bet
5: I'd lose that competition yeah. real quick. But, um, again, a 240-pound pound guy is um, can usually hold his own with most girl athletes now. But, again, a lot of them out there are moving big, big weight. And I wouldn't bench press with her for all the money in the world because she's a much stronger bench presser than I. <laughs> she bent and, 600 with a shirt. That's crazy. And who's that girl? Um, who pulled 600? Sarah. Sarah likes bacon.
3: Oh, yeah, what, yeah. Sarah, uh, oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. She's from uh, CSA, Correct.
5: Yeah, Jesse, yeah. I she, think trains are, I mean, as cool and it's calm and as nice, soft-spoken. And she goes out there. And she opens at five fifty-one. Then jumps to five eighty-four. It's crazy. And I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, that's five eighty-four on the bar. That, that's I, if I was pulling five eighty-four, I'm paying attention. Can I do it? Sure, I can do it. But I'm paying attention. Then she jumped to six oh six. I
4: think. Mm-hmm. And um, I think she made it. Watching uh, Amanda Nunez fight this past weekend, oh. I was like, I wonder, oh, like, what kind of guys she should, she could. I mean, I know that she any any normal guy that that doesn't train that way. Like, what level could she beat? Yeah, as what a man? level could she beat? Like, what weight class would it represent? Could she beat like some of the guys? Like, I don't know. She's fucking unbelievable. She's powerful. It oh, would be she's interesting. Tough, tough, tough. tough, It's I think it's really hard it to in say. tennis a long time ago, but I don't know if you've yeah, ever seen it. Supreme really so like there's a small
0: difference there because, like, I mean, Serena Williams even said herself in an interview, like she is the top tennis player, female tennis player. But she even said she wouldn't be able to beat the top 100 guys. I think she got beat
3: by somebody who was like 200th in the world
0: that was a man. Because it's just absolute more force, yeah. especially the, uh, like of those guys, right? So, I mean, Amanda Nunez, like, she could fuck up a lot of MMA fighters. But if you look <laughs> at the MMA guys in her weight class, if it, it, like, I'm not going to say shit, but they, it, it's, it's a diff- it, it is different. There uh, is a difference. I wonder if it, it went a down a couple
4: weight classes, if she'd be able to do anything, or if those guys would be too fast. You know, I, just, I just wonder. Yeah, it's yeah. curious, yeah. Put up a lot of money let's say it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> too yeah. many people
3: will get too mad though you know? yeah i think it's uh, i know yeah. she'd fuck me i know uh oh, what, she me little, oh yeah you yeah, know yeah. the uh little blonde girl uh valent is it valentino sure or with the crew cut that? so that oh, no, yeah. the, no not that know. one Shevchenko. but the other she she wants to Shevchenko. fight a, a man she legitimately <laughs> says like listen i'll fight anybody i don't care about you know the consequences of it like i i just want to get in there she feels it's safe But too many people get too upset about it, I think.
5: Those girls have chosen violence as a way of life. That's what they've chosen. So they they are cut from a different type of cloth than any of the four of us. I know you like your BJJ and you like MMA. We all love MMA. Uh But we didn't choose to be fighters for a living. We don't depend on our fight checks to pay the rent. And those people, those girls have chosen violence as a way of life. And um, there's there's something else altogether. She wants to fight a guy. More power to her. Yeah. Will, the, will the fans pay to watch that on pay per view? Oh, Hell yeah. yeah, they'll pay to watch yeah. that. I mean, I they'll pay to watch yeah. Mayweather fight um, uh, Logan Paul. Thank oh, yeah. you. Thank right. you, right. you. Craziness. So a girl versus guy, really fighting for real. But I, I think the guy may be. He may, would be
0: fucked up for the dude, man. He's,
5: he's, in, a, he's, he's in a tough spot. <laughs> yeah. He's lose, in a lose. tough, tough spot. Any way he walks, the ice is dangerously thin. If he loses, the girl knocks you out. Yeah. If he I wins, you choked out a girl, yeah. motherfucker. I mean, I mean, if they weigh the same, he's. Uh, what did you think of the Tyson fight? Did you watch that Tyson Roy Jones? Unfortunately, I was. Um, I had to do some uh, dishes. That no, I didn't watch that. No, no, no. Oh, you didn't watch it. Yeah, I did watch it, yes. No, oh, I, did. Right. <laughs> I, was, I was like, the sarcasm is too far I here. I was not going to watch the right type. It was like a square dance, and I didn't. I heard Tyson won, but then it was a draw.
3: It was kind of bad, I thought. Kinda, but, they got the word kind of. It was yeah, bad.
6: It
0: was yeah. cool seeing Tyson move that <laughs> it, way.
5: Tyson it, still had some. It, so it was so cool. Tyson would be cool for the rest of our lives. It was
3: definitely like, I wanted to see it for sure. and You wanted to it. see that? Yeah, I just wanted to see, you got to be ashamed I, Well, yourself. we love Mike Tyson. We grew up with him. <laughs> we love Tyson. He's yeah. the coolest. So we were like, yeah, you know, who cares? I, w- I just want to see it. But I was kind of disappointed that he didn't go in there. You know, it wasn't... Hey,
4: if Ed Cohn was going to do a powerlifting meet, I would, I'd watch it. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter if the guy's retiring. I would go yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, unfortunately, you know, fighters so, won't stop fighting. But now
3: he wants to fight Holyfield, and I think that's dangerous, because he lost— Wait, well, Hol- the- Holyfield wants to fight Tyson. Holyfield
5: challenged no, him. Hold no, no, on. no, no, But Holyfield's no, no. already beat him twice. I don't think that's a good deal. But Holyfield so cool. Back in the day, when when Lee Haney—Mr. Olympia seven times—when um, Lee Haney did Holyfield's strength training program, Lee and I were friends back then, or I saw him quite often, and Holyfield was just the coolest, easygoing. It's like, this guy's a fighter? He didn't have a—but in the ring— Oh my, not to be. Is
3: that a little suspicious that Lee Haney was doing the uh, program
5: there? Well, he knows strength training. um, Holyfield gains some solid body weight, but it's combat sports. I don't want combat sports guys that are. They're vegans. I want my I want my combat <laughs> sports guys gassed up, eating lots. Eating, well, that's what I'm saying. Do you think he was uh, gassed all my up? combat sports guys eating lots of carnivore based stuff, all the all, all the big stuff and hitting hard? I don't uh, know how they're talking about who, how they're going to fight. And if you say that again, I'm going to punch you. No, real fighters don't say anything. I guess they what just I knock meant... your teeth out. What are you saying again? Uh, do you Not think mad. he was on the juice? <laughs> what? Do you think Holyfield was on the on the gas? I sure hope so. I, sh- I sure hope so. There you go. Oh, if I'm wrong, right. I'll be mad for the rest of my life. Life, but I'm not wrong. Yeah, no,
1: during the uh I think the the Balco thing his, his address came up as yeah. one of the
5: guys. <laughs> he but it was like way after. I, right? was, I was in the Balco yeah. address book. that I be <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or what if, if Who was the, really expe- the really expensive third baseman for the Yankees? Mm. Not Jeter. Um, oh, A-Rod. Yeah. A-Rod. A-Rod. Remember, he got popped for a, a while there. And uh-huh. he had lots of doctor's phone numbers and lots of bodybuilders. I was going, like, please have Tom File in your book. Just say my name on TV. <laughs> like, A-Rod, if it's a, if A-Rod calls you. You probably know something about PEDs. <laughs> But he was exonerated of all that, so that never happened.
3: Right you see then. that movie they did about him, Screwball?
5: <laughs> that job. was great. Yeah, they did a documentary
3: about A. Rod and his whole steroid thing, and the guy that did. Cocaine. I didn't see that either. It's really good. Yeah, it's the, a, it's the, on the Netflix, guy that did great. Cocaine Cowboys did it, which he's a great director. And it's really good. It's a fun. It's a fun movie. He used little kids to play a rod <laughs> no. in the different because because the story is so. Good. It's wild. That sounds good. The story is so like ridiculous that he just used little kids to show how like ridiculous it was. But you should check out Screwball and people listen to he telling the too. truth? You're not. No, just fucking No, no, right it's out. a really cool movie. I got to check that out. Yeah. Did you see Cocaine Cowboys?
5: It sounds familiar. Well, you need to see that too,
3: then, if you haven't seen it.
5: I'll take a look at that too. A lot of good
3: documentaries out there. So I, know, sounds... I had Netflix. I got it last month. There you go. I didn't. I heard about. It. i just never had did it. Did you watch but... the Night Stalker documentary?
5: <laughs> Richard Ramirez. Yeah, <laughs> he was a spooky bastard. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But that the guy was that nuts. did that documentary, oh, spooky.
3: <laughs> the guy that did that documentary, is like a hero of mine. He's a documentary filmmaker named Tiller Russell, and he's got about like six or seven documentaries. They're all awesome. So he did a movie called Operation Odessa. It's all underground. That's crazy on Netflix. Stories. I always do that one and on Operation Odessa about like these guys that sell a, sub, a Russian submarine to the, these other guys. So all of his stories Ooh. are really pretty wild and, and really interesting. He did uh, The Last Narc. <laughs> the Last Narc is on um, Amazon, and that's like a four part series. I've
5: been looking for a broker, a nuclear submarine. If you know anybody, give I was going to say, if I need watch, a Russian submarine, I, I contact Tom Pyle.
3: <laughs> you got to watch this movie because a guy who sells the submarine, he's a jacked Russian named Tarzan. That's all you oh, need to wow. know. Makes perfect
5: sense. Yeah, some like in in a typhoon in. class where the nuclear <laughs> capabilities would be nice, yeah. used, but not too old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get back to me on that one. Some modern technology. Submarines. Oh, crazy go. invention. We got like a... Uh, got. Who's that guy?
0: I Where's the Jack Russian? Uh, I don't see a Jack Russian anywhere.
3: He's in here somewhere. Hmm. <laughs> that might be him. That could be bigger. him. No, let me see.
5: Interesting. Oh, this okay. is
3: the... uh hey, we know who that
5: is. No, this o- this is
4: Odessa or whatever uh, it is okay, okay. They really sold a submarine to drug dealers. Or, Didn't you say you worked for some yeah. Showtime for a period of time?
5: Absolutely, yes. I was. Most Showtime people, they had a huge in-house contingency as well, but they have a lot of freelance guys. I worked freelance for Showtime Sports for many years, and we televised combat sports. I visited you when you were doing that. You yeah, were, yeah, yeah. We were down in Fresno, I believe. He was, I got you some seats. Yeah, he was a guy that would bring the
3: fighters out to the ring. It was really a cool. uh, oh, really wow. cool gig. A whole lot Stage of Stage manager, is that what that's called? Correct.
5: Stage manager, first AD, different, different, jo- different companies were called the same job by different titles, but a whole lot of fun. And liking the sport of MMA, I mean, I would have worked for free. They didn't pay me much anyway, but I would have worked for free to have ringside seats and talk to the guys and hang out with all the champions back then. And remember, back then, Strike Force had a lot of really good world champions, a lot of, a lot of great fighters, especially the heavyweights, unfortunately, in 2000. Strike Force was really good. Strike Force was kick ass. Yeah. And the heavyweights, especially, were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. UFC always wanted to buy just the heavyweight division, all the fighters. Scott Coker wouldn't sell them, evidently. And so UFC pulled the trigger and bought the entire thing, Remember, 2008, 2009, perhaps, yeah. and Strike Force went away, sadly, for a lot of fighters, and sadly for um, Showtime Sports and the entire production crew, I was one of them, because our, our jobs went... But that's where, like, Ronda Rousey came from, right? Oh, yeah. From Strikeforce yeah, yeah, without and, a doubt, like, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of really good people. I heard about her, she came up, she won her first two fights convincingly, um, she had a lot of intangibles, good on the mic, good looking girl. Always finished her fights. Guys want to see fights finish. So uh, we knew Ronda was going to be something special early on. We didn't predict what she became. We never mm-hmm. saw that coming. But um, it's funny on that note, when she fought Holly Holmes AMGM Grand Garden, I was in the sports book with Javier Mendez. You guys know Javier. Javier owns AKA Javier. In MMA, in the UFC, when a guy's in the ring getting the strap put around his waist, the guy behind him is normally Javier Mendez. Hmm. Trains a lot of real world champions. Nice, nice guy. He goes, Tom. Javier will make a gamble from time to time. He'll make a he a bet. He likes the casinos like I do. And he goes, Tom. Holly Holmes, fourteen to one thousand dollars. I said, What are you talking about? Against Ronda? I wouldn't bet fifty. What? No way. I'm get shut up. And I ignored him, brushed him off. He goes, Okay, I'm telling you. Well, about six hours later. And then the, the kick to the head, mm. and a thousand dollars would have been fourteen thousand dollars. Wow. But I uh, <clears throat> bet it on somebody else somewhere else. And um, but he t- he said Holly Holmes to win that fight, and uh, she knocked out Ronda. After that, Ronda fought. She was gone for about a year and a half. Then came back and fought maybe Amanda, or maybe no, um, oh, wasn't Amanda.
0: I forget how it was.
5: Anyway, after that, she was never the same. Yep. But um, yeah, Ronda got her. She cut her chops. With Force and she was um hell of an athlete. The you know, TV loved her, the fans loved her, and I think she's now WWE, right? She She her? was, and then she left, and that um,
3: she I believe she's pregnant now, oh. having a baby. Did uh, not or all. maybe had a baby, maybe I don't know. So she's, uh, I, I but then the fans kind of turned on her. I, oh. thought, I thought she was excellent in wrestling. I thought she was really cut out for it and did really good. But the fans kind of got mad that she got pregnant and left. But, I mean, that's just life. You know what I mean? It's like. Oh,
5: so they were really mad at her for real days? She,
3: she talked some shit a little bit, too, I guess. There, yeah, there was you some, want a baby? Who some sort of controversy around <laughs> it where she said are the you fans. Want real life? She said something where, like, I don't think the fans appreciated me anyway. And then they, got, they sort of retaliated on well, when it. When she says and, that, she has
5: to know they're going to say yeah, well, in that case.
3: In a way, I think she was kind of right, though. I oh. think the fans weren't supporting her in a way that they maybe should have. Now, the next
5: big thing, the big, mm, next big MMA, WWE dynamic it has to be Conor McGregor showing up as a manager, because hopefully he's through with combat sports. He lost badly to um, Dustin
4: Port. Yeah, Poirier, Poirier. Yeah,
5: he didn't lose badly. He got, he got beat up a little bit. And um, I'd love to see him make the transition over to WWE. Obviously, his gift for Gab is... Uh, yeah, he'd be, uh, awesome is as good as anybody. he'd be awesome in acting. He'd, as as, he'd be awesome in wrestling. He'd be phenomenal. Yeah. He's a little bit small to get in the ring and fight some of those guys. Mm-hmm. He could go up to 190, perhaps, and be he'd be a little more intimidating physically. But some of the pro wrestlers are really, really big boys. And it doesn't make sense sometimes when we see the really small guys getting beating the guys that are twice their size. Like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. That's, that's not going to happen that yeah. way. In real life, it could happen that way. But in pro wrestling... That's not the way it works out. But I love to see Connor in the ring. It looks like he wants to fight again against
0: Dustin. Oh, which... I think that'd be awesome. I think that's gonna be a great No, it wouldn't be awesome. Why wouldn't it be no. awesome? Tell me why. Why?
5: If he wins,
0: <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a comeback. He's, he's, won, he's won in a row. If he okay. loses, now he's like 0-4. Uh, then, about... he, then he's out. But, then, but at least they get to do those three fights.
5: Because of his, his phenomenal record and what he brought to the sport is his choice. If he wants to fight again, let him fight again. And why pay to watch it? I probably will. If not, I'll go to Bell's house and watch it on him. Or pirate the video signal somewhere. But um, (laughs) no, we wouldn't do that. Um, I'd watch that again. But hopefully he makes the transition to something a little less dangerous. Because he doesn't need to get punched in the face by real fighters. He's got money now. (laughs) He's got a lot of money. money And he's a (laughs) good-looking guy. I hear Proper 12. He just sold it.
3: He's what? Well, so he didn't sell it. He never really actually owned it. Like what Proper 12 was when a lot of these celebrities do is like, somebody will come to you and be like, I have an awesome product. I want you to be the face of it. And so they he, they basically him and his manager had you know they wanted to make a liquor and they found a partner and they they all partnered up. And so that the the actual company that owns Jose Cuervo actually owns owned like I think like 40% of that. Hmm. And then now they own they just bought the other 51% and they said Connor will probably stay on as the face of the brand, but not necessarily, not, he's not the owner anymore. But that made over a billion dollars in a couple, you know, in the first year.
5: I've seen some lists where it was legit. It was a legit product that sold really well, and his cut of the action was substantial. Yeah,
3: no, he's going to make a lot of money off of it. What I'm it's saying it's him. like he,
5: uh, he's already out of it, but that's what you do with those businesses. Who <laughs> was it that he fought? And after he fought, he knocked some guy out, and then he started to apologize to the masses on on camp, Joe Rogan was holding the mic and he grabbed the mic from Rogan. He goes, "I like to sincerely apologize to absolutely nobody." <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's when he won the title. Oh, yeah. When he said that, I went, "That's it. He's done. He can do whatever he wants to. He yeah. can be the president. He can he can he can kick McMahon out of wrestling. He can be he can be the Rock. He can be Tom Brady. He can do. He killed your Ryan when
3: they were on the uh, Ultimate Fighter. He called him a fifty-year-old washed-up skateboarder." Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, yeah. that's perfect, and Uriah's and you totally at it, cool. You go, Uriah's yeah. totally cool, but you look at him and go, he's kind of right.
5: Like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. That was an awesome dig, you know? And, and uh, UFC, um, WCW, what, what was the, uh, Uriah Faber fought for... Um, WEC. WEC, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. He was their world champion many years. And they were kind of a feeder league to UFC, but they were better than a feeder league. They were really good. Remember, there was a while there when Uriah. Well, he was a wrecking machine. Like mm-hmm. he, he
4: he go through everybody. Like this guy can't be beat. He's crazy good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the uh, UFC didn't have that weight class. I don't think.
5: Ah, oh, I didn't know. I, I didn't call that. But no, when, they didn't. Hey, when Uriah was well. off, was on. Boy, oh boy, that was something special right there. The girls loved him, but I see the fifty-year-old uh, skateboard thing perfectly.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. interesting though because he still does fights here and there. I would have thought that like, he'd be totally out of it. Yeah, like, he just he just won did, like, recently. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he, he lost yeah. after that. I'm not sure. I think he, he had a... one, one, lost one, or something like that. I
1: think recently. his most recent one he got beat. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, he did. But right before, before that, that he won. Fighting. Before that he yeah was he was he won dominantly. But yeah, he never won a title in the once the W once the UFC was bought out or sorry, wow. Once the UFC bought WEC and he came over, they opened up that weight class, the 135, or they think so, and that's when he started competing. But he never won a title. That was uh, his first fight was against uh, Jose Aldo, and he oh, fucked him up. That was such remember a crazy him, fight. leg kicks. yeah. It well, was well, leg that kicks. was a wrecking
5: machine. Like, what do you do with it? But then, you know who went right through? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, McGregor. <laughs> right. Remember that? Guy? they called just- it too. I never, I didn't see that coming at all. He, this guy's maybe he's a little bit past his prime, but McGregor needs mm. to be extra, extra careful. And uh, he didn't need to be anything. He just knocked him right out, and that was the end of that.
3: How, how do you feel about the use of uh, PEDs in the sport and like being so widespread? And like, what do? You, how do you feel about that stuff?
5: Maybe doll sweetheart. For, for 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 combat sports, they're, they're, they're what you use. I mean, they're they're made for power. They're made for combat sports, guys. I mean, they weren't yeah. made for them. They're made for guys who have much worse trauma, getting in car crashes, and can't eat or drink food, and need to recover. But um, they're they're Ideal for combat sports guys, guys who play hockey, guys who play in the NFL, guys who need aggression and physical strength and need to be able to take it. So, in
3: your mind, guys like uh, say Bones Jones, he's gotten in trouble for some things, and oh, it's maybe
5: little levels that that doesn't bother you at all. It doesn't. Once again, do we care. want to see our? Do we want to see vegans out there using harsh language? I don't. Or do we want? He, you don't, <laughs> that's two of us. That's, two of us do not want to see that. You know, they could kind of have a vegan fight league. Hey, hey, wait a minute now. Let's think about that. Something, something to talk about. Um, vegan fight no, league. just nothing, nothing to talk about. Um, I want to see guys that are aggressive and, and not only can dish it out, because we can still dish it out, we just can't take it anymore. If I get punched in the mouth, that's it. I quit. If I fall down, I might get back up. But you want to see guys that can take it. And anabolic steroids or PEDs, all PEDs or not anabolic steroids, allow you to dish it out and take it as well. And that's what we want to see in every single sport. Combat sports especially.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: So um, all the drug testing for, for the level playing field, well, that's fine if you want to test them. But I want my guys on a little bit of gas, and hopefully they still do that. That's, <laughs> um, again, everyone's choice. I All the fighters especially. If they get popped, they pay the penalty. And they know the penalty going in if they want to cross that line. They know what's going to happen. So um, everyone knows they take their chances. You know, they roll the dice. to take their chances.
0: Maybe they could figure out a way to regulate some of those things. Like okay, like maybe let the fighters take this. Well, now they've kind right? of done that. Now you know they have well, what? Well,
5: well, certainly with testosterone, they want your levels to be within a certain range. They give mm-hmm. you a range. It could be a little bit high, but with your low, if you take no, is it? Pardon me. Is that in UFC? Uh, in all, I think in all combat, in all sports now, really? they give you a range. Like, if any any testosterone, because you have a certain natural free yeah. serum testosterone. But they give it a range, and it can't be out of that range. And surprisingly, most good guys, their numbers are right at the top of the range. Mm-hmm. How'd that happen? <laughs> well, they're kind of they're doing the blood work, and they're watching, looking at panels. So, so they, are
0: you saying if there's a guy that's below the set range, he can take testosterone yeah. to get into the range? That's legal for somebody in combat sports, but you just can't tell anybody that you're doing it.
6: <laughs> huh,
0: right. <laughs> so they
3: used to do okay. that back in um, at UCLA. Don Catlin, who runs all the testing, yeah. Um, actually, it wasn't Don Catlin. it was. Um, the coach from Santa Monica College uh I want to say his name something Douglas coach Douglas he we we went and visited this guy and he was really old mm-hmm. and he accidentally told us like oh you guys talked to Don Catlin yeah he's great we used to go there to make sure all of our levels were in the right range i love it this is and cool for you to say like, i love it he, this guy was like that's 80, not a real name though he okay. was 80 something okay. years old right and he's like yeah we used to go there and, and make sure our levels that's were in the right range cool. i'm like what levels you're like you know the testosterone and estrogen and stuff like i don't really know i'm not a scientist yeah. but we'd make sure that they weren't over the range that they, that they should you know get, and this is carl lewis's coach and this mm-hmm. is all these people oh, yeah that you know so yeah. i can't say definitively that i know and i have conclusive evidence but Basically, it leaked from the out, the mouth of an old guy, and then we tried to go back and interview him on camera, and he was he was on to us. He was like, ah, "I can't actually talk about that anymore." So, was he? We did, never got him. Did the IOC? And now he's not here anymore. He's not, He's he was really old. He coached
5: a lot of world champions, I think this is who I'm thinking about. I think at the end, unfortunately, the IOC banned him for life more than once. Who? Then, <laughs> the, the the man you're talking about?
3: Oh no, that was um, wasn't that Trevor Graham? That was a guy that got caught with.
5: Um, it was a goldsmith all the time, and he got banned for life. And he got that back down to two years, then six months. Then it happened again. And I think finally, when they said life, they meant son, don't come back anymore. You're, <laughs> right. lie, you're gone. Yeah, but um, I'm not sure who that was. It does happen, and for every team of guys coming to, come together to to design the drug test, there's a team of doctors trying to beat the drug test.
3: There's always a sacrificial lamb too. Like there's a guy that's maybe not that good that gets busted got to so have that, that guy out there, sure. So that everybody else can, uh, you know, run Carry free. Yeah. Yeah, do, yeah.
1: Do they do that? Do they, uh, I don't know, like, we'll just say Conor McGregor gets popped. Like, fuck. And then they'll find somebody else down the ranks and be like, nope, that's the guy. He's going to be our poster boy for getting people, you know, in trouble.
5: <sighs> I I, can't, I cannot imagine Conor ever failing to no, drug I, that
1: was for just, anybody. That sure was, was just an example, but just insert uh, anybody, top-ranked fighter.
0: I think that would definitely make some damn sense. Like, if your top fighter gets popped and he's making y'all a hell of money, like, are you going to really? Yeah, like, you going to try to cover that yeah. up? <laughs> like in the NFL, you don't want your you don't want
5: your thoroughbreds on the oh, sidelines. You, 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 want, you want your guys on the field making spectacular plays. The Someone NFL sees... is
4: very rare for it to be a top level guy.
5: Yeah, and again, to, to, to
4: really know
5: the answer, boy, you've got to be an elite person right. traveling in rarefied so, yeah. air. Where none of us are ever going to be in that meeting where they decide. What we're going to do, boys. Yeah. That's a very tough meeting to get into. <laughs> and we ain't, with, even with all your money, you're not going to that meeting. You may serve them some drinks in the lobby, but you're not going to, you're, you're not getting into that meeting. I can't get in the parking lot. Get out of here, File. Get out of the, get out of and you know, I'm doing a documentary. Not today, you're not. <laughs> they will confiscate oh your camera yeah. and smash it. <laughs> so, um, but does it make sense? Like, yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense. It sure
0: does. That's a little conspiracy theories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these drugs, like EPO,
3: they're really hard. Oh. Uh, uh, to detect, right? And so it's you get beautiful somebody drug, like beautiful drug. somebody who's a great fighter, <laughs> like, like, about I sound
0: like Donald
5: Trump. Beautiful drug, beautiful drug. Like T- <laughs> is that T- something God. that cyclists what? use? Yeah. yeah.
3: Cyclists but <laughs> It's yeah. what TJ TJ Dillashaw <laughs> also got called, okay. with stop,
0: yep. stop, stop. You sound like you're having an orgasm over here, Joe. Is that
5: great? Yeah, What an amazing drug that saves a lot of lives. For a couple of years there is the single most expensive drug in the world. Nothing more wow. expensive than that. Nothing. Um, and it, it would save your life if you needed it. Ooh. But an amazing drug that increased RBC, red blood cell count. Uh, unfortunately, when you, when you have too many red blood cells in your blood, the viscosity goes way, way up. Back in the early 90s, when synthetic EPO first hit them, when they first synthesized it, your body produces it naturally. Mm-hmm. When they first synthesized it, a lot of Dutch cyclists, cyclists got hold of it, but they didn't know how to dose it. And they lost some cyclists. They lost some guys. Right. Their before blood they died. too thick, right? And they Their died? blood was the viscosity of room-temperature honey. Huh. Just like room-temperature honey. Sick. Yeah. Oh. Imagine trying to pump that <laughs> through your veins. Oh, yeah. But hey, when, they, but when they, before they died, they were a wrecking machine on the mountains. I mean, they never burned glycogen for fuel. They always had oxygenated blood being shoved Mm-hmm. Shoveled into their muscles, and they were like, they were just ferocious. Like, where's he going? How can he go that fast? And then he would go faster. <laughs> and then one of his teammates, who was on more gas, would pass that, and you go like, how can this be happening? And that's what they were doing. Remember, if you don't burn glycogen, you don't have any lactic acid. And with no lactic acid, disguise on how fast you can go. What can yeah. your heart take? Your heart's indestructible. You never blow up your heart. You can't do it. You can so, try, <laughs> but you're not going to do it. But EPA was an amazing and what, drug. And what, what I was saying before
3: that is that there's a test. <laughs> that can actually identify EPO. And I actually interviewed the guy that, that did the test, and he told me that when he brought the test to the United States, like the you know, USADA, mm. that they said, we can't use your test because it'll put us at a disadvantage on the international playing field, meaning that your test actually works, <laughs> our guys will get busted, but the other but countries, yeah, your test the other works. countries will be using this substandard test that mm-hmm. we can pass, so we're going to stick with this <laughs> test over here. And he was just, like, really disappointed. He actually has a letter from the USADA oh. saying, like, hey, you know, your, your test would put us at a disadvantage. It's crazy.
5: Here's the thing. when they made, I don't know how the, the powers that be spoke to the pharmaceutical manufacturers. A buddy of mine was a, was a rep. Not just a rep. He was, he was a shot caller with Amgen. Amgen makes Procrit. Procrit is a trade name for EPO. Yeah. And he said, look, they asked us to put a genetic marker in the drug. Our bodies produced EPO naturally. So you, you test positive. All of us would test positive EPO. Mine would be extremely, like, one. I don't know what the numbers are. Two. I wouldn't have much. Um, you'd have a little more than me. You'd have more than him. But they convinced the, mar- the manufacturers to put a genetic marker in there. So if you have any synthetic EPO, there's a fingerprint or a metabolite mm-hmm. that says, oh, hey, by the way, manufactured by XYZ pharmaceutical housing, you're busted. So now they have a real problem with it, and the guys know you can't take this brand, this brand, this brand, or this brand, because it has a marker, and they will see it. Now they didn't they the pharmaceutical houses didn't do that to appease USADA or water. Who's the guy that owns Usada? Who's that? Travis Teagarden. Yeah. That guy. Whatever. Um, they didn't know for him. They did it to other doctors another Medical people say, "Hey, this guy already has synthetic EPO. We can't give him any more." Or the source of this EPO that he does have is, you, in fact,
3: you know, it's uh, synthetic. Really it makes sense. Really interesting. What? One of the biggest sponsors for the sport of cycling is hold it, hold it, Budweiser, Amgen Pharmaceuticals that makes EPO. Yes, they,
5: the Tour of California. I love that <laughs> connection. I that, love it. Isn't that hilarious? It's 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 So phenomenal. you see all these
3: people like riding around. They got Amgen, <laughs> and it's got like. Like their logo is like blood, like these <laughs> bubbles of blood or whatever. And so it's, it's a, a hemoglobin. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. And so, I asked
5: my boys, I said, hey, any chance, what's the chance of sneaking some of that Procrit out the back door?
6: And
3: he goes,
5: <laughs> Rob Fort Knox, you got a better chance. I said, what do you mean? He goes, do you want know to cost for this stuff? Like, you know, 30 mLs or however it's those, this much Procrit was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars he goes no i can't steal any Procrit for you i "I didn't ask you to steal i I just wanted you to get some for me i would be really interesting (laughs) (laughs) yeah what
3: i would be really interesting to see what that does like for a lifter because obviously you have more endurance so coming in and doing the same weights i
4: would say strongman guys probably use it they yeah, love
5: it. Yeah, yeah. Strongman competitors—they got to be careful with their again.
4: with their blood, obviously. But Boy, they've got to be careful, and they're
5: already at you know, the line, line between Yeah, yeah.
4: but um, and uh, Lance Armstrong—he used to take his own like his own blood out of his system when he was at he the highest blood. altitude, training the hardest, right? And then he would put it back into his system, right? Exactly. I mean, right. It wasn't it just him; it, was it worked
5: beautifully. It blood beautiful. doping, and, very, very and so safe.
4: there's levels to it, right?
3: Like um, there's the level where you can uh, do altitude, you right. can simulate altitude in like a chamber. You can um, do blood doping where you pull your own blood out and then inject it back in, and then you can do EPO, which is Armstrong
4: lies, an amazing
6: movie.
5: Yeah, and Armstrong, I think did all of them. He did all of them. He was he was a record machine, and everybody else in the top ten, anyone on the podium did exactly the same thing. Once again, do I want to watch, guys? Pedal their bikes really slowly up the side of the mountain, zigzagging and wobbling. And no, I want to see you guys raging. And when this guy can't take any more, this guy passes them. Mm-hmm. And then this guy shows up and passes them. And what do they do? They chase him down.
4: And Seema, to your point about like regulation, so years ago in swimming, they had they had a swimsuit that just... I remember the, that the, suit. the record started getting smashed <laughs> yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. So swimming, you know, they, they they pulled that out. They they got rid of that the shark suit or something. They, and, they made it illegal, it, you know. But it's like, well, what's the point of swimming? Like, what's the point of competitive swimming? We're trying to see people swim as fast as possible, uh, and and maybe there are certain suits now that enhance your speed. Uh, but people were like, no, 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 this is too fast, you know. So where do you kind of draw that line? Sometimes Nike created a shoe a while back. Where people were smashing records as well, and I think there was some record uh, in the marathon that was beat, and it was they haven't seen a progress leap like that since like the 1950s. Like it was just from a know, shoe, yeah, from a shoe, from a I don't shoe really propulsion. So they 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 scratched it, and there's a lot of rumors that uh, Usain Bolt utilizes it and stuff like that. But I mean, he's going to smash everybody anyway. He's but dead. there's a lot of uh, of that. controversy over those kinds of shoes, and like, what do you allow? What don't you allow? I think. I mean, I, I think in track, it's like we're trying to see who can run the fastest, right? So, you know, in car racing, they're not going to have any limits on the. They're gonna, well, they have some limits on the car for safety, I guess. But in the case of somebody running, like, what's the point in? As long as the shoe's available to him and me and this guy and you.
5: More power to him. Put your That's shoe a out there. Name. And speaking of shoes, beautiful segue. I don't know about that, Beautiful though. segue on the shoe thing. Thank you for the shoe donation. Mark Bell. Kind of, he's a shoe. <laughs> what do you call it, guys who have a lot of shoes? Connoisseur. Shoe connoisseur. Sneakerhead. connoisseur. Sneakerhead. 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 <laughs> oh, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. An asshole. And uh, <laughs> 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 and Brother Bell evidently buys lots of shoes, never wears them. Came into the gym last week, and out there on the gym floor, there's, like, there's dozens of pairs of brand new shoes are sitting there. And I'm, I'm wearing them right now. I'm wearing your shoes, Bell, so thank you very much. Another key, another example of Bell being generous for no reason at all to nobody's, which is very cool. But um, I don't go like having a shoe that, made guys, that really made them faster. They look pretty cool. Some of those guys' shoes look really cool. We can't buy them.
0: But wait up. Why don't you think that if everyone had access to it, you were, you were about to say something there. What do you mean? Uh, Because that's never the case, <laughs> but that, that 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 has me wondering if it was the case. Because if we look at sports like track, you got all of these already elite level athletes, right? Now, if all of these elite level athletes are allowed access to the same type of whatever shoes, drugs, et cetera, the guy that's at the top is going to be at the top. But the records are going to be fucking crazy still. Like it's going to be just an even, cra- even crazier thing, right? I want to see that. I want to see that, no, guys, girls. Is that the shoe?
5: Yeah, Andrew? so it's Li- the. Uh... Life just-
1: it's the Nike uh Vaporfly. So I guess they, That's a track shoe? Yeah, well, I I'm, I'm can so you be a competitive track Can no. you buy them so, on eBay? No. You, so the thing is it was banned. It was a long distance running shoe. Oh, okay. And then uh there's a marathon. Like so they they but they got it approved
4: for the 2020 Olympics. So Ooh. if you think about if you think about it like uh it, it why it may not work well for sprinting is because the race is over so quickly. Mm. But if we run for a while, maybe it's just giving you a little fraction tiny bit better than another shoe. At that level, but,
5: 1% is a huge yeah. amount. So even but you know, I just
4: think that in general, like, life just doesn't work that way about, you know, you having access to this and not, me not having access to that. I mean, even when it comes to swimming, you could get, like, you know, some of these people might get the best coach in the world when they're 11. Yeah. They might pay $10,000 a month for this particular coach. That other person doesn't have access. We're still going to meet up at the Olympics. We're still going to be timed the exact same way. And still judge the exact same way. So I think all this—I just don't think it's ever really even steven kind of thing, you know. He's all right. this stuff He's is right. going to go away with uh, CRISPR. Have you guys heard of
1: CRISPR?
3: Mm. Uh, Which is like, you're making uh, me hungry. So it's—is like, uh, that no? the chicken a, sandwich from
4: McDonald's? Yeah, that's, it, that's, that's a, after
1: you put in the air fryer. It, it comes a, out a little crisper.
4: It's <laughs> a gene
1: <laughs> editing
3: tool. Uh huh. And so if there's something that you don't that like, it's about wild. you know your kid that you're going to have, or even I think even. Even if you're a little bit older, you can still do
4: it. Mm-hmm. You can just snip things out of your genetics that are causing problems. Right? There's a guy yeah. that that <laughs> that is working on a lot of stuff. I saw a whole he was special on... on him and he wiped out like seven diseases that are like really prominent in people.
3: If you listen to Tim Ferris's most wild. recent uh podcast, it, it says CRISPR in the title. Mm-hmm. It's uh it might be one or two back, but it's it's very recent. It's really good with a scientist that's like doing all this. And he says it's very inexpensive, which is like, you know, you talk about access. Hey, if everybody has access to it, you would think it costs like a billion dollars. Well, the machine itself is actually expensive, but the process is, isn't expensive. In the United States, I think they said we already have like 30 of these machines and that they could be being used right now. So a lot of people seem to think there was an undocumented trip of Usain Bolt, and I'm not accusing him of any, anything. But before he broke the world record, he had gone to China and a lot of people suspected that. He did CRISPR because no drugs showed up in the system, and he smashed a record. Mm-hmm. Could he be that fast? Possibly. I, I would the like man,
0: though. I mean, I would like
3: to think so.
5: So CRISPR <laughs> could be applied but, to people, adults, not in the, uh, in, in, they, in the little, it's, brand new. Is not more for little kids or even before I'm that? I'm not.
3: I'm not positive. I don't have all the facts on it, but I know CRISPR. if you listen to that
1: podcast, it'll be on there.
3: We I know they that. Did,
5: Remind me, Google CRISPR. And yeah, well, K or C on that? C. C. C thank you. What about yeah.
1: longevity? Like, does it help you live longer. That seems to be. I,
5: think, what, all I people think care that's about.
3: so. I think that that's what it is, is. so like you'll you would edit out the genes that cause things like <laughs> <Death>. life, <laughs> lifelong, well, like lifelong uh, chronic illnesses that would prop up when you're like a little kid when you're a baby. You'd get rid of those, and then uh, you'd live a rash.
5: no more. Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, just anything. Well,
4: age age is uh is a problem just like anything else. Like it it's not. There's no like governing laws of of uh. Of the world that prevent us from living as long as we want. If we just haven't figured out how to avoid it. No, I no, there is. How Governor Cuomo, disease. New York, takes care of that for you. Okay? Governor <laughs> Cuomo has
5: that covered. He's got old people. <laughs> God damn, that was Taking right.
4: Taking out a population, <laughs> right?
5: Um, oh. Do they have something that they can cure my genetic flaws that are kind of more like decision making, like casinos? And Reno. That would be uh, psychedelics. Okay, good. Thank you very much. That's, That's psychedelics. I'm not going to get it. Like on. a gambling addiction or something? Not an addiction, but an enthusiasm to make bets over and over again. <laughs> not <laughs> an addiction, just an enthusiasm. I like that. To continue to make the same bet repeatedly, yeah. no matter what.
4: I think there would be. I think there would be. I think there's, there's genetic coding for like, a lot of these things.
5: See, get that number down. Let's call <laughs> Chris Burnett and see what, they, see what they got going over there. Maybe we can get involved somehow. Yeah, yeah. we can be
3: on
0: um, the tri- like yeah. the trials clinical trials. Count in me in, sure, yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Did it's, you start with bodybuilding first? I mean, I'm just curious about that. Did absolutely. you start with bodybuilding well, first? Very close. The
5: Teenage Tar Heel was first bodybuilding show? Teenage Char mm. Aaron Baker won that show, by the way. Aaron, him, pretty good IFBB pro. Amazing. Smellies wrestled him. Uh-uh. He was a wait, pro wrestler. Wait, on the, the, on, the, on, the, on the hush, hush? <laughs> no. <laughs> not in, in a apartment. Money? You wanted weird in bodybuilding? Kind of Here aside. we go. It all comes back around.
3: Apartment 213 in yeah. Santa Monica. There was
5: Once, wait, Knock again. Um, yeah, and, Oh, you know the knock. Aaron <laughs> is totally cool. Brother Baker, as we call him. I love Brother him. Ba- nice guy. Great bodybuilder. Competed during the toughest years. He was there with Flex and Chris and Rico. Not Rico. Rico's good. Yeah. But uh, Paul DeLette. I mean, all, all the really,
4: really Dorian, of course. So um, starting uh, that weird time when like the WBC came around and stuff too, right? A
5: WBF. 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 Body, oh, that, yeah. was, that was Vince McMahon's. World Bodybuilding
3: Federation. Gary Strideham, all jacked and tan.
5: Oh, Stridum had a kick-ass physique. One of my current training partners <laughs> just found out who Gary Strideham was. He was Tom. You mentioned Gary Strideham. He was like 290, right? Dude, he was freaking crazy. I mean, everything but his back was light. At the 88 Olympia, him and Haney they, from the front. Stride him, stride him, stride him, and they turned him around. He went, ooh, maybe not stride him anymore because Amy's mm-hmm. back was particularly good. Mm-hmm. But uh, bodybuilding first, but very close. A few months later, powerlifting. And um, in the bodybuilding show, um, I got fourth out of four. And in the powerlifting contest, I did much, much better. And I, I realized, wait a minute, maybe, maybe I'm a better powerlifter than a bodybuilder. Yeah. It was Chris Cormier, the IFBB Pro, that, that submitted that about 25 years later. I was training with him. We were running the same gear pretty much, eating the same calories. I'd match him set for set, rep for rep, pound he was for strong pound. Too, right? Chris was extremely strong. And he won the Arnold. Yeah. So a pretty good bodybuilder. And um he did a set of like seated presses, the one fifty fives, and I matched him rep for rep, same weight. And then Chris would hit a front double bicep shot. And you go, damn. And I do the same thing and he'd go. Oh. You're Tom, you're a better powerlifter than you are bodybuilder oh. and I, that cemented the fact that you can do exactly what those guys do mm-hmm. and I mean exactly and it's not going to happen for you. Can
3: I ask you a personal question here? Sure you can, brother. So you said you were taking about the same gear as a pro bodybuilder. What was that? What what level of gear is that at because we always hear from pro bodybuilders, I don't take that much shit. Was it a lot? <sighs>
5: Well, I, I never went to Chris's house and looked at his refrigerator. I'm not in talking that specifically sure. about him. What were you
3: taking that was similar?
5: Well, at the time, probably running, you know, a gram a week of Sipionate a gram a week of nandrolone decanoate or decadurbolin a tab a day of anadrol 50, <laughs> and probably 25 to 30 mgs of methandrostenal or Dynaball. YouTube. This day. is hypole- yeah, hypothetical, hypothetical yeah, so performance anything. art. Yeah, exactly.
0: This right? is hypothetical <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> performance art. Okay, everybody understand. This is hypothetical performance that we're talking about. This is not real. This is not true. Okay, go on. Thank you very much. And
5: back then, it wasn't a. The drugs didn't have the same legal classifications either. So um, you know that was probably that. I was definitely taking that. That was a cycle I would take all the time. No big deal. And um, then it would vary. Remember, we never we never come off. We just change. You don't want to come off. You don't need to come off. We have, we have different receptors. And, and different drugs utilize different receptors. So we come off product A, jump on product B, and then we use a brand-new, fresh receptor. So um, when I said I was taking the same calories and the same workout schedule, doing the same cardio as Chris, I didn't watch when he was taking – I never took HGH ever. I just thought it was not a very smart move cost-wise. It was very expensive as a pro bodybuilder. Chris used it very effectively. And then by that time, I had realized, hey, either you're a responder or you're not. And Chris was clearly a responder. I mean, he was a winning pro bodybuilder, mm-hmm. which is really mm-hmm. rare, rare air to travel in. And I was never even a winning amateur bodybuilder, which is pretty common air to travel in. So yeah, Chris, <laughs> we're all in that saying, Everyone here Chris started winning bodybuilder.
3: He started training at Gold's Venice when he was like 15 years old. And, he was, that. and he was already jacked. He was like, already looked good when he started. Sometimes you can pictures they of they walk in the door person. and go, this
5: kid could beat somebody if he yeah, the
3: That's kind of what his deal was.
5: And now we feel bad when we encourage him to be a professional bodybuilder. We got to go... It might ruin his life. So what are we, what are we, Maybe he's just you know, right, ch- yeah. chase something else, but not, not professional bodybuilding. Yeah. But some guys, you can't make them not chase it. I mean, once they get a taste of it, they want well, to... Be, and there's bodybuilders... We've also
3: are- seen people do a lot better without pro bodybuilding that have awesome physiques, like uh, my friend Joey Swole. He's super jacked and looks mm-hmm. awesome, and he's made a lot of money in the, in he's the fitness. He's made a dough. And that
5: was... Just, at first of all, it was kind of a... Kind of a douchebag, but every day he's pretty cool, and he's got a well, crazy
3: physique. He was kind of in that click with uh, shreds and this and that. And go, that yeah. kind of gives you that, I you know. know. You, and I'm I an get, old guy, so I don't look cool I anymore, see, anyways. What the hell? I, see I don't look cool you doing that. But what I like about uh, Joey Swole is uh, he's also very open and honest. You know, he went through an addiction like I did with opioids and stuff like that, and he he's been very vocal about it lately because it's it's pretty recent. And I just like when people are putting out a good message and putting out a positive message, especially when they went through something that they might be embarrassed of, because that's really easy yeah. to be. Embarrassed of if you're a fitness professional and you go
5: through an addiction. I, th- I think that's cool, too I agree 100% and right now I like his rep. He's very funny he, when I see him doing stuff I'll turn it on and dude you can't deny that physically I thought it was Flex um, looks, Who won the lightweight Lewis. Olivia. Yeah, Flex Lewis, He looks yeah. incredible I every, time Flex I, Lewis every time Jesus. I see him I get mad I'm like man the the robot, <laughs> They make you mad you either get mad and walk away or you get motivated and walk away <laughs> They come back yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or you can just go dude that's pretty effing cool So now you just got to go like dude you just shake your head like I don't believe what I'm looking at, but it's cool what I see. It like all the guys, even, even not us, surrounded by big dudes all of our lives now. Every day there's somebody Jack walking around. You hang out with the boss all the time, like damn dude. You always say hi to him too, right? You Yeah. That what's up? Oh, we, we have the big guy nod at bars, at restaurants, at the casino the across Air Force the way. Is the best. A little, a little head nod. Hey, hey, hey I'm, I'm I'm going into the restaurant at Harvey's or Harris about a month ago. I'm in line. To get in, and this this guy walks past me, and I can tell he's got some serious quality muscle. He goes, "Damn, dude, I got to get back on." <laughs> That's what he said to me. He said, "Word for word, damn, dude, I got to get back on." And he poked me in the chest like he was a like big guy, acknowledged
0: a big guy. You know what the great thing about all of this is? Is like we all, well, not all of us started lifting because we wanted to be all more attracted to women, but that. That's part of it, right? But the, the shit is, it's like it's always dudes. Dude. It's, it's always, always like oh, guys. I like, do. Look caver- at your pecs, bro. Nice calves. <laughs> nice Thank calves. calves. Yeah, the guys, nice squats, yeah, dude. Yeah, Wasn't well, the
5: girl the part me that says, "I got to get back on"? It was a, it was a gnarly, hardcore dude with cauliflower ears. As a matter of fact, he wanted to get back on because of me. Like, thanks, brother. I Appreciate that. Like, who's your wife? No, that was good, but some girls will acknowledge it. other like, oh, they'll go kind of gnarly. I remember very cool. Remember Gabrielle Reese? Yeah, you remember Gabrielle? Yeah, she's Nike sponsored athlete. Yeah, Mary Let L- L- Hamilton. L- Hamilton's wife. Yeah, phenomenal athlete, gorgeous girl. USC. US smart as, a, smart as a whip. Totally cool. She gave us a Nike catalog. Oh. She was a Nike sponsor for, yeah. for years. She goes, boys, here's a couple of catalogs. Pick out whatever you want. And Nike had about 8,000 different shoes. Ooh. And we'd circle a couple, put her name, like a week later. She goes, here you <laughs> go. She'd bring them in, boxes, like, give us all free shoes. But one time, I'm walking out of the gym. I just trained neck. I was probably two seventy five at the time, pretty tight.
6: Uh-huh.
5: Neck and that, and that was over twenty one easily, but I had pumped it up to Bobby twenty two and some change. And she goes, and she, I was walking out. She looked at me. She 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 told her to me, Gabriel's yeah, a real six one. Yeah, six. Yeah. And she she goes, damn, Tom. And she she goes. Oh. And like, what the hell is that? She goes, this damn, Tom. And, and then walked whoa. away. And I went, down and I, I, that was the highlight of my freaking year right there. Like wow. Gabrielle Reese acknowledging and a my cool neck. right. And she said it away, like, I want to get you and get you and get you. <laughs> and it was just freaking cool. Like, she's acknowledging a 22 inch neck.
4: That's hilarious. Yeah.
5: Anyway. And remember then remember Laird Hamilton?
3: Yeah. yeah yes. Laird's great. Laird does all these crazy workouts. Joe Rogan always talks about him. He does he workouts
0: in the sauna, in the sauna, what? and, he, and yeah. he wears
3: oven mitts. He goes on a, he goes on a, puts the sauna up to 200 degrees or even higher, and you, wear has to wear oven mitts, his handle burn, and things on his feet, and then he pedals on a bike mm-hmm. in the sauna. I mm-hmm. believe it. He,
5: I mean, he was, I mean, and he, he does was.
3: pool workouts where he takes dumbbells and he lets the dumbbells sink him down to the bottom. Underwater
5: walking? Yeah. What the hell are you? Talking about? But they do it. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. When nobody's all the time. looking, early in the morning or late at night, he'd paddle out north shore somewhere in Hawaii or somewhere when nobody was there. We weren't there. There weren't any girls there, and surf those monster waves. Like, dude, nobody's seen you. You know, you, don't, you can just tell us you did this, and we got to believe it. But he went and do it. Like, geez, like dude, Maniac. i I got to salute you. You are a crazy, crazy motherfucker.
3: You know what's cool about Laird is he's got he he does this, but he does it with. All this crazy group of celebrities that are like—it's just a makeshift group. Like, you know, Rick Rubin, who's like a music producer, yeah. Beastie Boys, and everything. He goes to the house and does these workouts. He's like very into it all. You wouldn't suspect that he was. No. He's got the big beard. He lo- you know, he looks like uh, he looks like he could be homeless, but a guy who's wealthier than anybody and he's he's actually really good shape. Uh, but yeah, Laird Hamilton has like a whole group of people that will go over his house and they train and do all these crazy. Now they'll do that.
5: They didn't paddle out. On 25-foot days. No, no, are, no, 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 they're no. They like, what are you doing? You're gonna get, there's no one going to save if you. Gotta get, if you get hurt, there's nobody to save you other than you and your two other crazy friends. I mean, they'll save you. They're the kind of guys that will, they will die trying to save you. But what he did was just crazy, crazy, like phenomenal. Like my friend. He was a legend in that world. He's not. You got a dude. That's something else right there. That's, yeah. That's, that's a real rare individual right there and really, really super
0: cool. I don't know. I don't know if you want to talk about this, but it had me curious when you kind of mentioned it. We 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 kind of alluded to um, prison powerlifting meets, right? <laughs> and I mean, like I've I've seen people go to prison and come out kind of jacked, sure. you know. So so I'm just curious, like how's that experience? Like like how'd that? Yeah, just
5: talk, Mark to Bell. We've discussed this before a little bit. Um, and I got a problem talking about it at all. It's, it's I don't put it in the highlight. Of, it's it's unfortunate shit that we um but, you know you make the best of things like that. And um, if you can help somebody or, or tell a funny story about it, we go ahead and do that. But um, in, in the joint, where lifting weights was 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 a was huge. It made you feel normal for a change. You're out there pumping iron with everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, it made you feel like you were, during the day, when you're lifting weights in, in the joint, in real life, that's what you'd be doing at the same time. In the real world, I'd be lifting weights. It's one of the very, very few things that in prison is identical to what you'd be doing in real life. Yeah. So you get a chance to have a little slice of your life back. And um, it, it kind it didn't it didn't break down the, the the racial lines in the joint. Everything's based on race. Mm-hmm. This wouldn't be happening in the joint. This conversation wouldn't be happening. But in the weight pit, it kind of did happen. Um, and you would acknowledge like the big guy, not the big guy. Nod, the big guy you know, when you mm-hmm. when you walk into El Pollo Loco and the big guy's coming <laughs> out, you go like, "Hey, dude, what's up?" Or maybe maybe even a fist bump. it's just kind of a nod of the head, like game. Where the kids say "game," recognized game or whatever they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, um, so in the joint, you look across the <laughs> way, and you watch the guy bench plus press 500 pounds in the joint, and then you hit it, and the guy go, and then you go, he's big and strong and so am I, but we can't talk to each other. We can't shake hands, yeah. and we're not going to come over there and congratulate each other. No way, not in a million years. But um, you know, the weightlifting was, was, was certainly a distraction, and the power meets were very, very cool. I mean, everybody on my yard, help so I helped prep. Oh, said, snap. Oh, yeah, here's what we're going to do. Here's we're, gonna, we're not going to do the contest. We're going to prepare for it. What are you talking about? How do you prepare for a power meet? Well, here's how you do it. And uh, even though you'll love this story, I had a guy in the tailor shop. And I, this is absolutely true. I got a <laughs> pair of jeans. Okay, I took them down there and he cut them into shorts. Then I got a pair of jeans like one size bigger and he sewed the small jeans inside the bigger jeans. You see where mm-hmm. this is going. And I wore oh, squat oh, pants, wow. brother. Then I got a bigger pair of jeans <laughs> and he put them together as well. So I had three pairs of jeans cut off of shorts that were all sewn together at every possible seam. They weighed like 10 pounds. And they were a pair of like, it was like a super suit. Uh-huh. And I wore them, of course, and I put them on and I trained with them. And they were great. They worked like a super suit. I wasn't going to blow them out. It was three pairs of <laughs> prison jeans sewn together. With you got to hurry up and make those. They were kick-ass. <laughs> and, they, and they gave me a nice little pop out of the bottom. Um, did anybody else have them? Nobody else had those motherfucking things. They were uncomfortable. They looked silly because they made you look all puffy and poochy. And uh-huh. like, what do you do? What are you wearing? Are you smuggling something? No, they're powerlifting pants. I think come down as the garden them, pants. But um, I had those, and nobody else had those, of yeah. course. But I showed guys how they worked. And then I showed guys the basic rules. And guys who Some guys, especially bench press guys, I'd give them a little bit of prep work, and they would quickly surpass me. And I was a big, strong guy right then, and I could mm-hmm. bench press. And they were, they'd, they'd catch me real quick. I, I'd never win the bench press portion of the power meets. But luckily, i do well in the squats. i do well on the deadlifts. And I remember one guy, I think I squatted around six. I was the last guy to squat. And I was walking away, and he told his friends, he goes, this is what he said. He goes, this is this. This isn't fair. He knows what he's doing.
0: <laughs> That's what the man
5: said, and he meant it in the nicest way. But he, and he was right. I knew what I was doing. And he, they didn't.
0: Yeah. And even
5: though they knew the rules, they hadn't been they hadn't been squatting five hundred pounds for years of their life. Mm. So the meets are very very cool. And then they had the prison postals. That, this is legit now, um, where all the prison, not the wardens, but the, the athletic directors in the prisons would send the numbers together to this headquarters somewhere back in Pennsylvania. And I swear to God, guys. Every year, every weight class was won by this, gym, by this prison back in Pennsylvania. These guys had elite numbers coming out of the joint. So clearly they had some PED that was going, dude, what the, what's going on back there? I mean, guys, 220s totaling 2,000 pounds. Everyone squatting in the seventh, like, what's going on in this particular prison? This is, this is 30 years ago, so I forget the name of it, but there was a prison in Pennsylvania where somebody knew somebody who was bringing in the gear. Wow. They, those boys all had huge totals. <laughs> I remember I had my power belt mailed in. And the guards called me and said, you can't have this. What is this? You can't have this in the joint. And the athletic director gave me a waiver so I could have a power belt. When I left, I gave it to one of the boys there. It's, pro- it's probably still in the joint. Yeah. I can't imagine it never left. But there was a joint back in Pennsylvania somewhere where somebody had the connection. Wow. And, uh, you know, in prison, you can get whatever you want. You normally wouldn't get antibiotic steroids. But that prison clearly got them. And uh, there was a big, strong boys back there. Everyone's, and all the guys were big and strong. Everyone's
4: mm-hmm. probably wondering, how'd you, get, how'd you get there? They took me in a bus. <laughs> the gray goose.
5: They called it gray goose, wasn't it? Um, misbehaving, like has to happen. Um, I got charged with armed robbery, kidnapping, false imprisonment, assault deadly weapon, attempted murder. Um,
4: Nothing serious. Pretty much
5: everything, and um, that, that'll get you there. That's how it happens.
4: And you got in I trouble kept, like kind of a, a, a handful of times, right? So there was there was a nobody lot.
5: Asked, of... Nobody asked you that question. <laughs> nobody asked about that shit. No. Um, um,
4: yeah, I guess. Um,
5: unfortunately, it was twice. Once back in the early 80s. That was a heavy charge. That was, that was worthwhile. That was, um, that was some serious stuff that um, you go to prison for and you're supposed to go to prison for. That's why they have those prisons for motherfuckers like me back then. They need to go there. Um, in 2001, it was this shit. I got to say, I'm sorry. Um, you know, ounce of Coke and a 45. Um, who cares about that shit? Nobody. Um, and they really don't. I remember in court when I was facing the three strikes law, I was prosecutor under the three strikes law. I said, like, I mean, I met the qualifications, so I was prosecutor under that law. And I turned around, and there was, was it one person in the courtroom? Not one. No witnesses, no victims, nobody. And it was my time to talk finally. I said, guys, everyone's being paid the judge, the DA, the stenographer, the bailiff, my lawyer. I'm the only one here not getting paid. And you guys are only here because you're getting paid. And this charge is shit. I didn't phrase it that way, and you guys know it. Anyway, I filed the Romero motion. And I won the hearing, and the judge, um, he, 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 he struck all my strikes for the sentencing portion of that trial. Uh-huh. Um, if he hadn't done that, I'd still be in the joint. Shit. I'd never get out. I'd die in prison. That, that's not an embellishment. That's what would have happened. But he granted the motion, mm-hmm. and then, um, then I was just a normal guy with some cocaine in it at 45.
4: And they Did started- you get uh, reformed-ish from... Your experiences in prison? Do you get reformed? Yeah, you, get, well, you, you, you learn a lesson.
5: I mean, some, of learn less, some lessons are hard. Some lessons are harder still. Now, you learn that lesson the hard way. And you realize, you see your friend they're doing big things. you know, Having his career, your career, your career. And I'm sitting in the joint doing nothing. So, yeah, it motivates you. You say, look, I'm not, I, you cannot keep fucking up because it's going to lead to this. And can they break you? No, they're not going to fucking break me. They won't break me. But then you realize, wait a minute i 'm not winning this fight, yeah. and the more time you 're fighting them, there's just more going out the window, so um quit doing that shit, so do you get formed oh yeah you, and you, you hopefully get hopefully you get a little bit smarter and we live and learn but um that prosecution really bothered me, and it kind of still does like guys, nobody cares about this case just, you know, throw the coke in the garbage can and keep the gun, <laughs> and there 's not anything, and there 's not, but they didn't have they didn 't see it that way at all, so um that do you first, learn? yeah you
3: learn the first case where you just uh mixed up with some wrong people i mean or were you did you think you maybe were uh like what what led you to do something you don't have to say exactly what you sure. did but why do you have what would lead you to do something that was uh because you seemed you seemed like you're kind of uh regret what you did and you seem like you, well, you yeah, had there's shame was, a it. lot of
5: regret there's a freight train of regret right there on that for that for that nonsense and um, why we did it was, it was it was it's not funny but as As we were looking at the whole thing, nothing ever stopped us like, what about this? Well, we can circumvent that. What about this problem here's the answer to that. We need another guy. we got this guy we're going need some we're gonna need some guns. I got that covered we're gonna have to get a pl- well any obje- any yeah. any obstacle, one of the boys in the crew figured out a way to get around it <laughs> mm. and um all the guys are gone well either they're either gone as in dead or um they've moved on. a couple of guys kept playing that game and um they got killed mm. but um it's a it's violent and it's uh it's. I mean, they knew they're just going in. They called me up when years years later. They had a job, and I said, guys, it's just, it's going to end violently. That can't be clean. It's going to be messy. You know, it's, it's five million dollars, maybe six. I said, guys, it's it's going to end bad, and it ended horribly. I Oof. mean, the news. Everybody got killed, pretty much. <laughs> and, um, I, I had said wow. no to that whole thing, and um, I had the chance earlier out to really say no you know and the other stuff, uh-huh. but uh, only one guy ever stepped out. And I still see him once in a while, and he goes, he ended up. Well, he drove me to the airport one time when I gave him a shitload of money. And I see him time to time. He, got, he was a witness, but he, he really didn't know anything. But um, you keep doing that, and you, you will get in trouble. But um, if they don't catch you, anyway, you know, you, at, least, at least no good, as everybody mm-hmm. always knows.
3: How long were you in for?
5: <sighs> the, the first time I got sentenced, I got sentenced to eight years. I did five. Um, and then the next time I got sentenced... I got sentenced to six, and I did three and change. So I am in totality. Yeah. Approximately, you know, approaching nine years in the joint, which is just wasting. Mean, you guys had to pump an iron, you know, talking to girls, talking to guys, doing your thing, hanging out, and I'm in the joint hmm. doing nothing. So, um, yeah, I, I hope I learned that lesson. But uh, luckily, it's, um, you know, now. Don King In America You give it come gun back Yeah And uh, once you get out you, Off you go And um, it, my, one of my lawyers Said look It will only ever keep you From getting a really crummy job That's when they'll care Good job TV and film Hang out with you guys you know, Yeah They, they don't give a fuck care about that nonsense yeah. He's not gonna rob us He's not gonna shoot me what I, Why are they gonna rob me He's not
4: gonna do that He's not gonna kill my guys he prevent you from getting a job That you wouldn't want anyway Thank you.
5: And a cool <laughs> job? They don't care about it. That's a, a little spice. He's now the, st- he's the straw that stirs the drink. I was called that <laughs> once at an MTV production meeting. So I had good ideas for them, and they liked it a lot. But, um, no, it's, it's, eight, it's nine years that I can't get back no matter what I try. So I just got to go, hey, and if somebody wants to ask about it. I'm, I'm always happy to talk about it. But um, And sometimes I tell funny stories about it, but um, when you're sitting in the joint late at night by yourself, Fucking, the fun's pretty much out of it.
3: Here. What's it like when you get out? That must be like a completely weird.
6: You, you know what it's like.
3: probably it's like, kind of same like, like getting out of rehab. Yeah, fun. you, you, you got to you know, start over completely.
5: You walk into Safeway and all the smells and the sounds. Every single girl you meet, you, from me to you, you smell that girl. Yeah, you smell girls <laughs> a, like damn. They all become hot. Dog. every one. Of damn, them. you. Smell, <laughs> it just smells like a girl. Even the guys smell good. Everything yeah. smells good. Um, first ten issues, like these are nice. Yeah. It's just cool. I mean. It's just for a second. You go. That was worth doing all the time in the joint to have this sensation. I wouldn't have had it otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like when you break your leg and then it heals. You go. It was almost worth having that bad experience to, to, to experience being, being good again. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's, um, it's a shot in the arm and it's cool and it makes sure you realize, Wait a minute. This, as all the crazy bad stuff as good. as That was. This is even better. So don't go to the freaking yeah, joint. Don't go back. Don't go back to the joint. No, well, you still did. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody asked you anyway. I don't remember. When are you competing next? I ain't telling you. Top's it um, down. well with all the cancellations we we're, oh. were we had a meet last two weeks ago old school iron it was a makeup meet for all guys who had prepaid for meets USPA yeah. it was a good meet um, luckily all the big federations have allowed last year's totals to qualify for all the big events you know the seniors the juniors oh. the world championships yep, you always have to qualify so my 2019 numbers qualify me for all the 2021 big stuff. In November, in Coventry, England, there's the IPL, Masters, and Open Class World Championships. That's the objective. I'm already qualified. Um, now, I may have to have my COVID vaccines to go to England by then. i got no problem getting it done. Um, I haven't had it done yet. I'll do it, if it needs to be. And if I make that happen, I can go back there. And remember, you can only break world records, as you know, at certain events that have certain judging in place. And it's always cool to break world records at the World Championships and then of course I, I I badly want to get the world championship title back. It was just cool to, to have that title, and I know it was it was the Masters World Championships, but that still counts for I, something. And you're 59. I'm 59, so I'll be when I'll, do you turn 60. Is that I'll, a different class? Too? It is, and I'll be in that class because I turned 60 in September, so I'll be the youngest guy in that class. Oh, what's your birthday? So, uh, Nine six sixty one September sixth, uh, right before na- my birthday. 1961. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, next year we're gonna celebrate. Yeah. There you go. Um. So I'll be in a different weight class. Now, unfortunately, or actually, fortunately, the guys who are really good are my exact same age. They'll come up with me. And you want guys that can push you. Mm-hmm. And, and this age group and this weight class, there aren't a lot of guys in the big classes. They don't want to be 59 years old and weigh 242 pounds. It's inherently probably not a really good idea. So most guys <laughs> get older, and they lose a little bit of weight. So they're healthier. So um, the competition at that, at that point is, is usually a little bit on a thin side, but when all the guys show up, there's some the big strong boys who can still push me really hard, and hopefully I push them back. And I know when we meet, go against each other, we always have good numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the world records I ever broke were going these guys who were better than me. And not me that meet, I got the best of them. Yeah. Next meet, they get the best of me. And that's how it works. That's what you want. You don't want to be the only guy on stage. That's no fun. And mm-hmm. I still do open meets occasionally. Well, I do them all the time. But uh, the real guys at 242, those are big, mm-hmm. strong, hard-hitting boys. I can't beat them anymore. They're just dumb they're all squatting in the sevens, they're all benching close to five. What do you do to uh
3: to stay healthy? You know, like obviously you've been in powerlifting a long time. Avoid injuries. You're older than I am, you know, but I'm forty eight, you're sixty almost sixty, and you still look great. You. Uh, you say that you feel great. Yep. What, what do you what do you do to
5: Keep up with, with everything. Well, contrary to this right here, most of my meals are pretty clean. <laughs> and uh, the gear that I run, I don't step on the gas very hard at all. I, I have to back off, so I feel better. Matter of fact, I've made some substantial changes recently, last 10, 12 days, and I feel better already. It's amazing how good your body will recover. Your body's pretty cool, actually. You can beat it up really badly for years, and you give it a little bit of kindness, and all of a sudden, it, it responds. I mean, I've known smokers who smoke their whole life, and they quit smoking, and, and six months later... They have the same heart and blood stroke volume as I do, and they're like, "Dude, it's almost like unfair. Like you can't be as healthy as me. You smoke mm-hmm. for thirty-five years, but your body's pretty friggin' cool." Mm-hmm. So, um. I do, I do some cardio. I know it doesn't sound like I do cardio. Um, Jesse, Jessica, last week at the gym, Jessica accused me of having wake apnea, which is, which, which is not, a, it's not a real disease. You can't make up diseases. This is serious. Which is, because I always breathe. I'm always huffing and puffing. So she accused me of having wake apnea. Mm-hmm. I, I have it. I, mom, you, you can hear me coming and hear me leaving. <laughs> I wouldn't be much of a sneak thief anymore because you hear me breathing six blocks away. But um, cardio still. And my supplementation program, I have a very clean, very aggressive over-the-counter supplement program.
3: What kind of cardio and how much? Just well, out, of out
5: at where we live, we have a couple of really steep roads, extremely steep. So we walk out. It's 15 minutes out. And at 15 minutes, wherever we are, we turn and come back. We get a little more fit. 15 minutes gets us further away. Mm-hmm. So it increases in duration. But coming back, the severity of that hill, especially at 245, well, I'm almost two fifty right now I was two fifty two a couple months ago mm. um, that hill at two fifty two is awfully steep, <laughs> so when my friends who are a little younger than me and more fit they step on they start coming up the hill hard i can't let them walk away from me I try, I try to stay on their heels and I try to stay close so I do that cardio um at our new at the power palace our outdoor gym Johnny Kishabi, thank you sir power palace um he owns the property out there um We have a brand new elliptical which is great for warming up and um I mean, I I train six days a week right now. As a power, Mm -hmm. uh, again, when my contests get closer, I'll drop two of those days for sure. But now I have two leg days, and I even have two, as you can probably tell, two arm days. I got to ask uh, you. Uh, yes, about my arms. Sure, what do you want? Well, 19 and a half. Okay, okay. They're not 19 and a half.
0: <laughs> so 242, <laughs> right. right? right. You're, you're, you're going to be 60. Have you ever thought of dropping a weight class? Because, I mean, you did mention, right, that like, okay, maybe being this old and holding this much weight, maybe it's not the best, but you could still compete at like 220 weight class and still be plenty strong. Have you thought about that or that's not an option?
5: No, no that, That's that's a that's a, <laughs> that's a clear-headed, lucid exit strategy. Come on down to 220s. I can breathe, I can walk around, lose a lose a close size, lose some of this mush in my face, not look like mm-hmm. so fat in the face. Um it's, it's a great plan. <clears throat> can I take squat will a 551 squat be acceptable? Mm, I don't know that it will be. <laughs> if, if I can't pull six, worries before I can pull six for reps. Yeah. Can I take that? I hope I can take it. I've been wrong, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, and I gotta know that it's gonna happen. I tell other guys, dude, you gotta come down. You can't be like all the good Olympias. They've all lost all their they not walk Arnold, Dorian, Lehaney. Yeah. They're all totally normal now. They don't walk around at 245 anymore. They've they said, Hey, I did it. Let me get out. But I never did it. I never did shit. Yeah. So I, I can't let it go that I can't I won't let go of it like, like I kind of feel the
3: same way. Yeah. Like I never made it to the top of the mountain, so <sighs> I still want to keep pushing. You
5: know what? I, I I will try hard for you to make that happen, to compete at 220s. And if okay. I do, if I can use 220s, then I can go 98. And I can weigh 98 very easily. That mm. fuck can't weigh 98? Yeah, I can. <laughs> so if I go 98 and go, you know, go five and a quarter, 300, 550. Yeah. Those are still decent numbers for old timer. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, oh. so um, th- 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 that makes sense. Yeah. And to get down to that weight, I'd back the gear way off. Clean up the diet. This goes away. So that makes perfect sense. That's okay. an exit strategy. Can I do it? Yeah. Or do I want to still be a guy like a Safeway, still turn heads like, damn, dude, I was jacked mm. at 98? I don't think I'll turn any heads at Safeway. Maybe some of the gay guys do <laughs> <They are.
3: laughs> And that's, <laughs> and, and that's hey, what oh, this is
5: all about. Hey, hey all the years <laughs> of Golden in Venice, all the guys who to Hollywood, these boys were kick ass cool, love every one of them. They said, Tom, We're gonna make you a muscle bear. You're 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 gonna be the the kick ass, most awesome muscle bear in West Hollywood. I said, that's that's a pretty tall order because there's some big, good looking guys over there with kick ass muscle wearing the black leather vest and the boots. I said, fellas, we have one problem with making me a muscle bear. I went, what? What? That's a great idea. I said, "Dude, I'm not like, gay." And they would, "No, we can, we, we can fix that." <laughs> I said, "Dude, I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't want to be a muscle bear." <laughs> but, but then I would think, yeah, some of those guys are pretty cool looking. Have you seen them? Little five o'clock shadow, you know, gnarly looking dudes. Like that is a hard hitting dude. You know, he's in the he's in the velvet mafia, but he's a he's a cool. Uh, it was a good look. And all those boys were so convinced I could be a great muscle bear. Had a good head of hair, good looking guy. You know, when we were younger, like twenties. But I never pursued that. So. You should have. I, oh, yeah, you, yeah, you did. Right. A, I should have. That
3: was your calling.
5: You missed your it. It's never mar- too late. <laughs> that train left the station, and um, it don't come back. Oh, there, there it is. you go. Look at this. Hey, this Tom File. Oh, damn. That's 1983. You look awesome there. That's 1983. It's the Iron Man bodybuilding championships. That and that show. What's your weight right there? Probably 200? 200. You know, uh, 202, 202. I tried to make ninety eight. So I couldn't make it at that event. You had to do all three power lifts during the day: squat, bench press, and deadlift. Oh yeah, great! It was, it was a legendary event. Oh, it's wow. called the Iron Man.
6: Okay,
5: all three powerlifting events during the day, traditional format, no changes at all. Then at night, you came back and got on stage in your speedos. That's a great and then bodybuilding great you got, event. You got points for powerlifting and then points for bodybuilding. Combine the scores, you had an overall winner. My good friend John Sheck Snyder. Won the whole thing. Yeah. He he won 48. Um, as a little guy, we kind of overlooked him. And then that night, he kept getting the call outs and he had a great power. He totaled. He probably went like five, three fifty, and five at 148. So extremely strong. And I remember I was still kind of still kind of new to the sport, but I see John flex, and I see things happening. Wait a minute, he's got some kind of weird intense, What am I seeing here? That that dude's a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. This guy this weights me, that guy's a bodybuilder, and Scheck Snyder. He beat Roger step. Remember Roger Estep? Yeah. Great power lift with a phenomenal physique. Weider loved him. All- he was on cover of every Bodybuilding magazine. Oh, wow. But John won the whole thing. And it was a real cool show. Again, on the same day, all three lifts, and I beat you up. That picture right there was probably close to midnight. Mm. Remember back to the meet trend all day long? They'd get everybody out of there, strip pump up, put on your tanning products, get the music out, and um, go out there and start posing. So it was a pretty cool event. But that's where that was. Hey, and you,
4: guys, you want to take us on out of here,
0: buddy?
1: Yeah, sure thing. I was just checking out uh, this video real quick.
0: Oh, look at that! You just <laughs> Tom, your, your neck, back. bro. Like your you, your traps just connect to your neck. It's just like this Kinda big like mound,
3: the iron, iron cheek, with the at, like the. Belly, That's kind of an Iron Sheik
5: physique, but you're right—a belly with abs. Hey, the Sheik was not the Sheik was a real athlete and a big, strong man, and a real good friend to Lee Haney's. Yep. I, I got a Sheik story. I guess we're out of time, though. No, but the Sheik was a good man in person and a whole lot of fun. Oh, he's awesome! I, I kind of see the Iron Sheik there. I never really thought of myself as the Iron Sheik. Well, he's Jack. He was awesome, and he, in real life, do not trifle with that man. Remember, he was the Olympic wrestler, Greco-Roman. And he would, he would throw a punch. Were you talking about it? He's throwing the punch.
4: <laughs> the Irish sheet was not to be trifled he with. He would uh, move those clubs around, those heavy clubs around his head, swing them around and all that stuff. they put
5: you in the camel clutch, and that was over with. Yeah. My yeah. friend
4: uh, Brett Azar is a bodybuilder
3: from Golds. Brett Azar, he's a bodybuilder from Golds. You know he's, this at, guy? he's actually playing the Iron Sheik on the The Rock's new show called Young Rock. Uh, so it's about The Rock when he was young. I was in the show either. And my friend I is playing TV. My buddy's playing <laughs> the Iron Sheik, so he got a pretty cool role in a couple of the episodes.
5: That's totally cool. Yeah, I love it. Fun stuff. The, the Sheik totally. was awesome. The, the gory days of pro wrestling. Remember the Sheik and the Hulk, and the Hulkster's feud. That might have been the pinnacle of pro wrestling. I mean, it was. Remember the crowd. They
3: were, well, that's what started it all. January 23rd, 1984, a day that changed my life forever.
5: <laughs> that's,
3: that's the beginning of Bigger, Stronger, Faster. January 23rd, 1984, it was a day that changed my life forever, and it goes into the Hulk Hogan versus <laughs> the Iron Sheik, because that day, in
5: my mind, oh, that's right. that is part of it. was when, when the Isn't world began. Isn't that cool? It all comes back around. Oh, yeah, see, full circle.
2: Um, then luckily,
5: Hulk and Iron Sheik are both still with us. What, what, what? How's, how's Hulk doing? he Getting sued or something? He getting in trouble legally? Are you okay? How's Hulk? No, he's doing good. He's good? It's fine. Yeah. And hey, Sheiky, he's doing shiki. great. Shiki. I swear to God, Lee <laughs> called him Sheiky. Yes. Yeah, hey, Sheiky. He's, he's, he's a little, he he's a little, he's a little crazy. Hard. A little crazy, but I think he's doing great. Uh, oh, he yeah. was great. Remember his boots? Was yeah, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm having Iron boots. Sheik flashbacks right now. The LSD. Yeah. There you go. Are we out of time? LSD. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like gas, I think it is. Yes. Yeah. I guess i that. <laughs> <laughs> my connection's got everything. There oh you go. God.
1: Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Please hit that like and subscribe button because Tom File is freaking incredible. So we appreciate you guys checking out the live stream. Yeah. Um Huge shout out and thank you to Beef for sponsoring today's episode. For more information on them, check the links in the YouTube description as well as the podcast show notes. Please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Bells Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on Twitter. My Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse is at IamAndrewZ. And Seema, where can people find you?
0: At NSEMA InYang on Instagram, YouTube, and Clubhouse, at NSEMA Yang on Twitter. Dom. Uh, wow,
5: they can find me in Mark Bell Super Training Gym, Super Training Gym, strongest gym in the West, or Old School Iron, Vacaville, California, or the Power Palace. And um, on Instagram, I'm Tommy Wishbone. You can just Google Tommy Wishbone and it pulls up. I'm probably the only Tommy Wishbone on the internet, and I'm easy to find. If you have any questions at all, I will be happy to um, converse with you about anything. Chris Bell, take it.
3: Yeah, I'm at Big Strong Fast on Twitter and Instagram. That's pretty much where I
4: post the most. So check it out. And your clubhouse too, right? yep clubhouse, clubhouse. also yeah. at marks Smelly Bell strength is never weakness weakness never strength catch you guys later later.